Here it is. Ooh, it's that window. All them girlies be getting naked in front of. Yeah, I'm hoping to see old chicken legs, Marcy Darcy. Hey, wait a minute. Who's this loser blowing up our spot? Yeah, what the fuck, Brewster? We're trying to see some nips. Put an egg in your shoe and beat it, you fucking boner. Here comes the spooky! What's going on, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back with episode 5. Tonight we're going to talk to you about Fright Night for real. We're also going to dive into the horror fan film Never Hike in the Snow and Halloween Kills. So sit back, relax, tie your buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast. What's going on, Nachos? How you doing tonight, buddy? How y'all doing this fine evening, kind sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. What are we getting into? Oh, tonight, we got all kinds of stuff, man. Fright night. Got some extra little uh, nuggets here going on. So, one of the first things I wanted to talk about before we get into anything, whorenews.net and the Slasher Podcast are launching the Slasher app, which is a social media platform for horror fans, and they're starting a movement called Make Horror R-Rated Again. Which, you know, kind of a play on the whole Make America Great Again. Plus, I know you and I have been bitching a lot going back and forth these past several years about how we see these horror movies get released. And what are they? Unrated. Or PG-13. I, would... I mean, they're PG-13 in the theaters. Why and... would you complain about unrated? I'm complaining about PG-13. They say they're unrated, but let's get fucking real. It's the rated R cut. I mean, it isn't. I prefer if they were going to release something in PG-13 to help get it through to audiences in the theater. That's fine. But... Bring it to me unrated later. Like, that's okay. I love unrated stuff, even if it is like just an extra 10 seconds, like Jason goes to hell or whatever. But this whole make horror R-rated again, I mean, I, I agree, right? A lot of the new modern horror stuff, there's not a lot of great modern horror out there. Don't get me wrong, there are some, but... We're getting there. It's gradually gotten better. I, like, what, since the early aughts? We, we get good franchises, like an occasional Saw movie or a drawn blanks already because the, right See, there's that's just not the whole a, point. Not a ton of good franchises you do get some like weird ones like what was it, like the, the gallows i was kind of excited about surprisingly good i thought that was gonna be dumb yeah and that wasn't too bad i really enjoyed like newer ones like house of the devil or we are still here yes those are solid r-rated flicks if you get a chance uh the collector i need to see that good. i still haven't seen that yet i think we briefly spoke of on the last episode um part two and then part uh, tom atkins is going to be part three. Ooh, i love me some tom atkins not to rehash that but uh <laughs> just go back and listen to our episodes on like go. podbean itunes we like this wherever you likes. like listen to your podcast yeah also evil dead is being re-released in theaters in a new 4k scan and it has a completely redone soundtrack so that's kind of cool and here's the crazy Whoa. thing it's not like being uh like released like nationwide they're it's actually traveling so they they kind of had enough money to redo the movie so we're getting like bc and fucking uh rob tappert and sam raimi are they bringing it around or i'm not sure who's bringing it around but i do know that they had enough to like redo the entire soundtrack and and what i found out is is starting this year i think in late october which obviously we are now in we are now in october officially 
in the month of Halloween. So they are, they're going to start bringing it across the country. Uh, it's going to just hit specific cities and specific dates. I definitely want to check it out when it comes through because it's going to have a completely redone score, not just like beefed up. It's like a totally, totally redone thing. And I guess it changes the whole mood of the movie. I don't know. I'm excited. Any excuse to see Evil Dead on the big screen, especially the original. Now, hold up. I think that could go either way. Um, I'm going to get a little off topic briefly. Go ahead. Uh, remember when they did the fucking uh, Blu-ray release of Vampire Hunter Dean? Yeah. Right. And uh, they redid everything. I mean, not everything. They kept the soundtrack the same, but they like got new voice actors to come in. And it kind of wrecked the momentum of the movie because you're just like, yeah, this is when D says. And you're like, no, you, you, you said it wrong. What, what are you doing? Shit like that. I mean, what if it ends up like that? I, but the, here's the thing. They're delivering dialogue. And this is music, right? And while the music is, the score is setting the mood of the film, absolutely, I don't think that it's a big part of the Evil Dead. I've never sat down and watched the Evil Dead and thought, man, what a great score. I'm obviously always paying attention to all the crazy you know what? horror you're right, you're right. that are going on. The Evil Dead, the OG Evil Dead could use a little kick in the pants. I mean, uh, if they're like... The- sound you know yeah like it's like you're you're bringing me like a kazoo and it's like you know a fucking here comes that chase cam that's about to hit the door in the cabin oh my god i want a live foley artist there in the fucking theater (laughs) with like a xylophone like uh oh here's a dead eye because xylophones make the sounds of skeletons dancing right so I'm sure if they're not going to bring me something like that i think it'll be pretty cool plus like i said any excuse to see it in the big screen uh, I'm okay with, and it's a new, like redone 4K scan, so it's gonna look fantastic. Which should let you know that they're probably gonna take this and re-release it on Blu-ray, which it desperately needs. Yeah, this movie has piss poor Blu-ray releases. I- I've got a really crappy tin box one that I just bought from Walmart for like seven bucks. It's got one special feature, which is a, a commentary menus. with like the producer Sam Raimi, and then also Bruce Campbell, and oh. that and that's like it. So have you ever seen like those TVs where the resolution is so fucking good? It looks like a soap opera. Yeah, like you're in the bitch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be in the Evil Dead. That might be a little. That might be a little extreme. <laughs> I dig it. I would. I, my eyes get used to it after a while, but it, it does fuck me up. We got a 4K TV upstairs. Oh. And like when we had it for like the first couple months, I'm like, I can't fucking watch anything on this because it looks hyper real. I didn't, I didn't care for it. Everything looked like it was like a Spanish soap opera, but my eyes have now adjusted to it that I don't even notice even like going into another room and watching a, a regular HD TV, you know, 1080p or whatever. My eyes don't really see that shit, but I can do, I can see like that 4k stuff. Uh, also, what else you got? Uh, never hike in the snow is closing in on its $50,000 go on Indiegogo. Uh, as of, when I took this down, it was currently at 40000 For those of you that don't know, Never Hike in the Snow is a prequel to the Jason fan film by Womp Stomp Films, Never Hike Alone. And that movie you can currently watch for free on YouTube. If you haven't seen it and you're a Friday the 13th fan or a fan of slasher movies or you like good things that don't suck because you're not an idiot, watch Never Hike Alone. It's it's uh what is it like a found footage but it's not terrible. It's it's kind of a found saying footage. Too much, not to spoil yeah. anything. There's a lot of GoPro camera footage on there, but done tastefully and not stupid. But there also is normal shots, high shots. There are shots from outside of the found footage. So it's not necessarily a found footage movie, but it has found footage 
point of views in it. What's the Jason called in that movie? What's... Ghost Jason. Well, that's funny. I feel we met him somewhere. Where... We did. Did we cross paths with... Uh... We did. So Ghost Jason is actually played by the director. So it's... in this movie, they refer to him as Ghost Jason. He's a very tall... He's pretty beefy. He's not as huge as, like, not a Richard Hodder Brooker. Or, like... uh, well, yeah. Uh, I, I would say he's kind of a mix in between, like, physically... I mean, like, uh, how... He... His attire is kind of a, not Jason Goes to Hell, uh, a, a remake Jason, maybe a, a Freddy vs. Jason with a, a Heaping Helping of Part 6. His skin's all, like, grayish blue. He's ashy. It's really cool. It, it's a fantastic movie. It's only, like, 40 minutes long. It's done really well. Good special effects. It's very tense. Uh, we met him at, at Horror Hound in Cincinnati in, in it's March. Like Vincent... Den- I forget Den- his name, but he was really nice. He took a bunch of pictures with us, and we were like, "Oh man, you're Ghost Jason." He's like, "Yeah, actually, I'm the director." And we're like, "What? No it's shit!" Like, what? So we freaked out. We talked his ear off. He let us know that the Never Hike Alone was getting a second, and now has a third Blu-ray release. So you can even get it on Blu-ray if you want. So you can watch it on YouTube for free. Yeah, they're not afraid to sell you it on Blu-ray, or you can get it on Blu-ray. Never Hike Alone. Just I think they have seven days left on their Indiegogo. You can now. Uh, back it and get a blu-ray copy of the movie there's also some special features on there as well which is what i'm going to do i didn't back it originally uh outside of like the five dollar right but for 20 bucks you can now get the blu-ray so i'm gonna well, re-back fuck, that's it what for... you'd pay anyway for yeah the blu-ray, so i'm gonna so get a the blu-ray. Hell not? it's not as long as never hike alone so never hike in the snow is a prequel to it and it's about 38 minutes i think they said but there's a ton of special features on there and they're doing a whole web series. So there's going to be never hike alone 2 never hike alone 3 and never hike alone 4 so you're getting four or I'm sorry, five basic like movies out of this whole thing. As long as those buttholes, uh, uh, Sean Cunningham and fucking not Peter Vincent. Uh, I think they've been not... able to skirt by because it's they're not. Yeah, they're not making money off yeah. it. I mean, like even I think the Blu-ray releases are covering. They're paying for what it costs to put it on Blu-ray. Like no real profit is being made here. I got the second I run think. Blu-ray of Never Hike Alone, and I got a little thank you card. Right? How and sweet was that? Like the like the Ghost Jason, the director, and then the actor who plays the the main character. They both signed it. It was really cool. They're gonna do the same thing here. I'm really looking forward to it. it. It's it's so good. I mean, just take 40 minutes out of your day. That's just like two poops, right? Watch poop, watch 20 minutes of it. Later on in the day after lunch, poop again. Watch the other 20 minutes. Uh, and it's a love letter to the fans in the series. It's not just some stupid not cash grab kind of thing. And without getting too much into it, I don't want to ruin anything, but we will say that there are some alumni alumni from the real Friday the Thirteenth series in there. The real. There's a couple characters uh, from Part Six that are in this. Spoiler: uh, Jason is in it. <laughs> There's uh, characters from Part 6 in the uh, Never Hike Alone, and they actually have a couple extra characters. So the one that was in Never Hike Alone is in Never Hike in the Snow and some of the other ones. And also, they've got some other characters from there. It's from the, John from Travolta's six. nephew from Friday the 13th Part VI, Jason Lives. <laughs> I love this. Just I don't want to spoil it, but you can you can find out for yourself if you go check it out. But it, man, when we when we saw Never Hike Alone, I we hadn't seen it yet, and when that character from part six came in i i flipped my fucking shit i remember at fucking um whorehound i was like damn that dude's i uh this was prior to the or this was after the uh martini ranch reach super troopers uh club dread thing these guys are uh my gal and my you know jeff over here went to bed i stayed up and continued drinking (laughs) so um 
I didn't know the credibility of this man, and it turns out it was actually the fucking director. I was like, damn, that's a really good costume. And that was a nice little mind blow. Anyway. Yeah, he was cool. It took a bunch of pictures with us, too. Fucking legit. I just recovered those photos. Next up on the list, uh, Halloween Kills has begun filming. So that's the sequel to the 2018 Halloween, or H4O. Or Old Man Lori. Old Man Lori. Or Halloween Part 3, Part 2. Part 2, Part 3. Uh. I feel like we're getting into some dangerous kind of algebra equation right. scenario. It's ba- it's the sequel to the Blumhouse 2018 Halloween movie that just came out last year. And it's the second in a trilogy of movies that they're making. They're making Halloween Kills and then Halloween Ends, which is apparently supposed to end the Laurie Strode saga. Again, for the third time or the fourth time. But this time without writing her out in some cheesy way right yeah she's, Jimmy she didn't in them fucking make a wildy coyote <laughs> snare and then smooch her brother on the mask and bounce through cg leaves god i can't wait till we get to halloween resurrection i've i'm looking forward trick to or treat motherfucker but I, I am looking forward to this i really like the blumhouse one so if it's a true sequel to the original let's talk about some of that casting so we got jimmy lee back in the motherfucking saddle again and then uh we get old girl who played Lindsay, who actually is the exact same actress from the fucking first film because mm-hmm. that goofball uh, ended up being like a real housewife of Jamiroquai County or some such shit like that. <laughs> and I swear to God, this had me fucked up so bad. They were going to have Paul Rudd reprise his role as Tommy Doyle from Halloween 6. He would have been a good age. Uh, dude, he's dead on. Um uh, uh, from um, 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 Halloween 6, the origin of Michael Myers, or... Curse of Michael Myers. Your choice. Halloween 666, <sighs> producer's cut, and all that. We'll get to that right. fucking monster. But Halloween 6, yeah, when Paul Rudd so was in there. Yeah, so, unfortunately, Paul Rudd opted out because he likes making billions of dollars in Marvel movies. Can't blame Did he dude. really turn it down, or I... was it just speculation that he was offered it? I, I don't know. You weren't there. Yeah, no, I was in the room. So there are they having the if I could have been an ant on the who wall who played Tommy Doyle in no. the seventies one. So you know who they got? Uh-uh. Fucking Michael Anthony Hall to be oh. Tommy Doyle. I'm cool with that. Yeah, dude, that's not a bad runner up at all. I'm cool with that. The old dead zone man. I'm all right with that. That's well, cool. Fucking. So what I saw from some of the like, production pants. stills uh, that that have, that they posted on their like Twitter feed and their yeah, Instagram I haven't stuff. seen shit. Bring me up to speed, dude. Uh, it looks like they're doing some flashback sequences. Ew. sequences Ew. so uh from what i can tell from some of the pictures of stuff that they were filming immediately it looks like they're going back to the 70s going to that night that he time. came home and uh the reason why is it's just kind of the way the setting looks the houses the decorations are very old school you also have on tarnish on tarnish mikey very clean his you know he's not it doesn't look burnt yeah, so fresh and so clean. clean. And from what I believe, I think Nick Castle. I don't know if he was a part of the first one, but I believe he's on this one, definitely giving some some pointers and things. Nick like that. Castle was in the um the eighteen. He's only in there in a couple shots, like that scene where spoilers. He's not as big as the dude that got playing him now. No, no. I guess when Mike was locked up, and when you hit twenty, you hit a second growth spurt. Man's just been you know in the yard. Yeah, dude, pumping fuck, Iron Man, just fucking living that weights. weight. Uh, so there's a scene where, and by the way, if you haven't seen this movie by now, what the fuck are you doing? Come on. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There's a scene where Lori. Everybody s- lives. <laughs> oh shit. Yep. Well, 
there goes that paragraph or that. No, there's a scene where Lori's like looking through a window. She's on the street and she sees Michael's reflection through a window. And she like Hawkeyes that shit, blows a hole through the window and like, but it turns out it's a mirror. Anyway. Right. So that was Nick Castle for that. Okay. So he's in like a couple of scenes. It's yeah. like the vision version. And uh, that, that scene where the dude's running down the street with uh, just totally naked and his dick flapping around. That's Nick Castle. Don't recall that. I ate a lot of shrooms when I saw it. <laughs> that might have been me in the theater, actually. Uh, last on the list, then, is uh, the Child's Play remake is now out on Blu-ray. Yay. Did you see that? No. So I just watched it. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to get to it one day. We were going to watch it, but things did not go according to plan that right? evening. So uh, I did Nature watch it. found a, a way. Nature always finds to a way. To get me away. fucking annihilated. <laughs> Yeah, we were up pretty late and got pretty fucked up. So, I did watch it later on, though. Um, Spoiler-free rundown. I'll just say a couple things about it. It's, it's Chucky Fucky. And so, I it's really I... weird because, like, I think they intentionally made the like the anamorphic robot doll look extra stupid. Like, Chucky from the 80s ones on, look like the good guy doll, looks like those My Buddies from the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I actually, I'm not sure I, I had to look, but I think Chucky came first before my buddy, but I could be wrong. Um, I think when, not Dan Coscarelli, what the fuck is his name? Oh, Danny boy. Or the what? writer. Yeah. Uh, the, the dude that did Child's The director. Play. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Direct. Because Tom Holland mm-hmm. did a little movie you probably never heard of Which called. Which we'll get to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so I think actually it was modeled after Cabbage Patch Dolls because okay. everybody was going. So it came about before that. my buddy. I thought it did because I think there was like an issue later when my buddies came out. But that doll looked very much how you would expect an actual lifeless doll to look. This thing in the new one is very weird looking. the The face is very <sighs> fluid and can obviously mimic a lot of like emotions and stuff in it without having to transition as you as you could tell in the original one like when chucky was motionless he looked like a plastic toy when he was around killing people and talking he looked very much different like an animatronic puppet or a little dude but this thing it just looks weird the whole time but they all look weird it's not just this specific version so i don't know if that was their intent so who wins in a a fight og chucky charles lee ray the lakeshore strangler or fucking brad dora fans down yeah okay this thing it's how's mark hamill in that because i fucking love me some mark hamill he's one of my favorite voice actors of all time and he is the voice of the buddy doll or chucky now, how Joker does he get? Real talk. He doesn't. He At actually all. he plays it Mark Hamill. It's very Mark Hamill. There's no high pitched or anything. So he sounds like Cockknocker? Not even that high. Huh. He sounds like old Mark Hamill. I was waiting for it to like kick in. Old man Mark. But it never changes like pitch. It's just a low key Mark Hamill. It, it's really. Did we get any callbacks from the original uh, series? So Detective Mike's in it. Oh, um, like not the actor, oh, okay. just the character. Um, obviously, you have you have you know Karen Barclay, Andy Barclay. Yeah, dude, you're trying to sell me that you don't get Aunt, Aubrey Plaza. You don't get uh, what's her name, Aunt Margaret. Uh, Aunt Maggie. Maggie, yeah, Aunt that Maggie's not in it. You don't. You get none bitch. of that. Aubrey Plaza is terrible. I like her, but I'm not buying. She's so a I like mom. her in Parks and Rec. Yeah, she's but a she apparently jerk. just can't act Hi, any other this way. This is my kid. Andy, I guess that's her. That's literally her. I'm, I'm watching her this and I'm everything. like, I'm like, you're just you're like, fucking, I ain't bagging your same person. It's your same personality every time. I'm not bagging her. Like, I'm sure she's great and stuff, but either I've seen like she's trying to fuck Robert Darnero, Robert Darnero. He's the uh the um 
Greek version. She was not great in it. And luckily, she's not in it a bunch. She is in it, but she's like, not in it a ton. I can't believe she's a caring mother. I'm... The, the new kid I'm who, plays, hairs. who plays Andy... It's like 14 years old! But he's meant to be 13. Like, he is a 13-year-old in the movie. So, there's that. He's not a push-around like the original Andy because he's not so young. Did you go to the Child's Play panel at Whorehound? I swear to God, this uh, we should try to get a sponsorship with Whorehound the way we <laughs> suck its dick off so fucking hard. I will say, before we end it out on this one, um, there aren't many kills. But when they do kill them, other than a particular car crash scene... They are gruesome. I heard it went through like multiple rewrites and you can tell because it's like some mishmash of four different movies just trying to climb on each other's ass kind of thing. I won't say who, but there is definitely a face that gets peeled off and then nailed to a watermelon and then set inside Andy's bedroom. All right. You sold me. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on. That's honestly all you need to know to be like, you know what? It's worth a watch. I look forward to watching and breaking it down with you one day when we run through the Child's Play series. But I, oh, I can't wait to do Cedar Chucky. It's not. It's not the best, but it's it's what it is. So yeah, moving on. Uh, so here we are talking about Fright Night, the original 1985 Fright Night, not the 2011 remake. We're we gonna tackle that on this episode. Should we try? We'll kind of talk about it a little bit. At we'll the get end. there when we get there. Yeah. So. Nachos, where or when was the first time you saw the original Fright Night? That's a good question, man. I think this was just one of those random movies I encountered. Not a pick-a-video scenario. Pick-a-video was our local video store that uh, Jeff worked at at some point in his career. Um, Loudly burping. Um, well, Jiminy Jillikers. I think I probably caught it on USA. Maybe TBS. USA. Up! All night. This was a uh, Schnooks Video Club rental for me in like 96, 97. Uh, okay. And I, the reason I remember this is because Bogie's mom, who's a friend of ours, worked at Shop and Save. And she picked me up when she got off work with Bogie in the car. And we went to go rent some movies. And we didn't go to Blockbuster. We went to Schnooks because she had to get something. So we got... And also a good um, B-Site, you know, it's a Jurassic Park reference, B-Site video rental store. We had yeah. a couple of them in the area. They were they were any movie that wasn't new, two for a dollar. Mm-hmm. So we got this, and I think Pumpkinhead. Bogey loved Pumpkinhead. We've seen that like a ton of times. Pumpkinhead's pretty solid. So we, we watched this. One. It was it was We watched it second after uh, Pumpkinhead, so it was a pretty good time. This is not on our Hello Nasties list. We tackled this because we wanted to do a good movie. We're getting into Halloween. We did two school movies, two camping movies, and this just fucking feels like an October movie. Right. And if you got any beef with that, go fuck yourself. And they're not all going to be on the Hello National. There's only like 72 movies on that list. Only. Only 72. So this was... Technically just 69 at this point. Ooh, the old love number. (laughs) So this was uh, written and directed by Tom Holland. Spider-Man. Not that Tom Holland. Oh, because I was... This is an older, fatter Tom Holland. He's in Hatchet 3. He um, wrote the screenplay for Psycho 2 and this movie. He directed this movie. Uh, He wrote and I think helped produce Child's Play and Thinner, among other movies as well. Did Mick Garris direct? I I just think at some point... You just gotta look up Mick Garris. You just, like, every time we talk, you're like, did Mick Garris do that? Because I'm like, he, he doesn't have a giant list of accomplishments. He has a giant list of things. 
Mick, if you're listening to this, I am horribly sorry you're not good did at you, making movies. But you bring movies. them every time. Like, I told you, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm editing my wedding video. And you're like, oh, did Mick Garris direct that? <laughs> that was Gick Maris. <laughs> sorry. So Tom Holland, uh, writer and director of this movie. You want to meet our casualties? Yeah, yeah. Let's meet our casualties. So we've got Chris Sarandon, mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the biggest names on this list here. He plays Jerry Dandridge. He was in The Princess Bride. He was Prince Humperdinck. That's right. Yes, he, he is, was. Uh, he's Detective Mike in the original Child's Play, also with you know Tom Holland. He's in The Resurrected. He's the voice of Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Guess who his singing voice is? Who? Danny Elfman. Really? Of Oingo Boingo fame. And everything Tim Burton does. Let's get fucking real. He was also in the Fright Night 2011 remake. And he's in a ton of other shit. He was on Psych. He, he, uh, Chris Sarandon is in a ton of stuff. Like, it, when you see him in this movie, you're like, oh, I didn't know this guy, but I know that he's in a fuck ton of shit. I've seen him a million times. Did you want to hear a wacky callback? Hit when, me. When we were just uh, sucking off the Halloween movie's dick. So, uh, his... No, oh, that's Tim Roberts. I'm sorry. Susan Sarandon, who was married to Chris Sarandon when they got divorced, he kept the name, or she kept the name. Then she fucked Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins? Robinson? Jacob's Ladder? Robbins. Okay. So they had a kid. That kid plays the stoner boyfriend in Halloween 2018. Bringing a full circle. Yeah. It's a circle of life. We've got uh, William Ragsdale, who plays Charlie Brewster. He's so cool. Other than part two, have you seen him in anything else? Ton of TV shows. Okay, Just all right. Just a ton of TV shows. Um, Amanda Bierce, who plays Amy Peterson. Who is she? Nachos. Well, geez, I don't know. Um, she's in a little TV show called Married with Children. Yeah, she's old Marcy Darcy and Married with Children. She's in a bunch of other shit too. The but... nemesis of our Polkai alumni, Al Bundy. Right. Roddy McDowell. Who played Peter Vincent? Uh, this fine gentleman was in a ton of stuff. He was in one episode of the original Twilight Zone TV show, which everybody was back in the day. No shit. Uh, the Planet of the Apes movie series. What is your favorite Planet of the Apes movies? Movie beneath Planet of the Apes. Mine's Planet of the Apes goes bananas. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall that one. Is it that was a National a... Lampoon. No, that's a real thing. It's real. Okay. You should Google it. He's also in Fright Night Part 2, which is the sequel to this movie. He's Part. in Cutting Class. No. Yes. Oh, he's in Class of 2000 and, uh, or 1984, I think. Yes, he is. Dude, he's edgy as fuck in that. He's like, I'm going to bring my whiskey and gun to school. And then I'm done. No, we're, we're not going any further with that joke. He was bat- He was a, a voice actor on Batman the Animated Series and The Tick. Uh, so, Batman, the- was he Clock King? Uh, Jarvis Tetch. Oh, the Mad Hatter. Yep. Hey, man, I could see that. Yep. Okay. We've got Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed Thompson. I could know. I know another movie he's in. Uh, 976 Evil. Yeah. And The Chair, which is kind of like the sh- like Shocker, like West Curvin Shocker. Oh, okay. I thought we were going in a different yeah. territory with that. Uh, and he was he was in a couple other movies. Yeah, family films. Yep. Yep. Got any of those titles? or? Nope. Okay. Nope. None of them. Yep. He was in a lot of gay porn. So much gay porn, dude. He was probably like in about eight movies. Ugh. I don't even know if he was in eight actual, like you're talking about gay porn movies or normal movies, like like regular Hollywood movies. Gay porn movies. You know what? We are above the cut. We're, we're better than those lower denomination fucking Podcast. podcasts that, who gay oh, jokes. I'm not shunning anything. <laughs> we're better than that. He was just, 
he's good in this. He he plays a really good rat-faced piece of shit. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just when you see those guys and you love to hate them, they're doing a good job because you really love to hate their character. Michael Rooker is a really good Oh one. my god, dude. I love hating Michael Rooker. Like when he's the hero, you know? He's fantastic. When you fucking want to hate him, Actually, like you hate him. I think like next to Jerry Dandridge, who's not the villain of this movie, uh, I think Evil Ed's like my second favorite character in that. He is really good. So it is kind of, yeah, he did his own thing. He just decided he wanted to take it to gay porn. I believe he's still alive. Yeah, he is. Um, So, uh, you know, I would love to see in some more stuff there, Steven, if you're around. We've also got see some more stuff Jonathan Stark, who played Billy Cole. He was in House 2, The Second Story. That's a weird fucking movie, dude. I just like the title of that. Because it's like, oh, it's the second story of the house movie plus the second story of a house. I always considered the house movies like the great value version of Evil Dead. They're like the original Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, actually. There's a very weird scene in the first house where like the hot neighbor's like, yeah, babysit my kid and bathe them. And then he's like, they're weird. They're Sean Cunningham movies. And he was just fucking being weird at the time. And I get it. Cause I kind of love how they do like a callback to it's like, no, wait, never mind. That's big daddy. It's like, you just take a bath in your swimsuit. Cause I don't really know the policy <laughs> on this. And I'm like, and I'm saying there, I feel you dog. I feel you on that, man. He was also in a, an episode of tales from the crypt, the TV show. We've got Dorothy Fielding who played Judy Brewster. Oh, the mom. She was in a ton of TV shows. Old Hornball. But she was in one of your favorite movies. She was in Jaws. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. What? She plays Girl in the Music Store. Oh, of course. <laughs> that pivotal role. <laughs> I had to look deep for that one. That's a fucking deep. That's not even a cut. That's a fissure to the core of the earth. You're letting the mold people out with that shit. Then you've got, uh, last on the list, Art J. Evans, who plays Detective Lennox. He was in CB4. He's Oh in... my, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He's in Tales from the Hood. And... You're just, like, going through my favorite movies at this point. He was in Die Hard 2. Oh, dude. Well... I don't know. I'm very partial to the first Die Hard, but Die Hard 2 is no schlub. Die Hard 2 is really good. I, It's more of the same. If it ain't f- broke, don't fix it. But, dude, it's really good. I mean, so when I list them and I don't count uh, number five because five is awful. What? Oh, they made a fifth one that I don't care about? I go, I flip-flop, but it's either one, four, three, two, or four, one, three two and i'm putting two at the bottom but that in no way means that it's the worst i love die hard part two it's fucking fantastic well who's the bad guy is it not rucker howard it's um oh he's the fucking it's um he's death and uh it's yeah he's death in uh, uh bill and ted's bogus journey it's um yeah damn right william uh william sattler there we go william sattler yeah he's in hills run red that's a fucking jewel but uh yeah it you know die hard two it's, it's fantastic but they're all good all, all but five five sucks I, I haven't seen it. Anybody who says that five is good or better than the other ones can go die in a house fire. <laughs> Onto some bullets. Get some lead poisoning. So the movie was released in 1985, August 85 here, uh, which was a pretty solid year for horror, you know, 85. We've got uh, Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. Silver Bullet. Oh my God, I love all these movies. We should do that like real soon on this podcast. The Stuff. Oh, my God. Day of the Dead. Sweaty Palm. Sweaty Palm. Sweaty Palm. (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Dude. 
Friday the 13th Part V, <laughs> The Mutilator, and... Oh, you mean Fall Break? What is probably my favorite horror movie title outside of The Dorm That Drip Blood. Actually, this probably trumps The Dorm That Drip Blood. The Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. I just fucking love that title. It's convoluted. It's stupid. It's over the top. It's unnecessary. But... And it is a terrible sequel to an amazing film. Yeah. Actually, I don't really recall any of them being better than the original for The Howling. I don't think we do the individual. If we ever, when we get to that fucking tree. We do The Howling and then we do the other ones yeah together yep yep we're not climbing up that tree we're cutting it down and then i'm not yeah i'm not talking for an hour and a half about the howling three the marsupials fuck that that is hell what's the one where they go to the castle is that four or five uh hold up dog all right so we got the howling we got the howling to your sister's a werewolf howling three the marsupials howling four i think is the freak show howling five is it the rebirth yeah, uh, see, so there's a rem. Um, it doesn't matter. They it, all suck. No, they do, but they don't. Like the the circuit, the freak show one's kind of f- fuck that. Let's talk about this baller ass movie, Fright Night, <laughs> dude. I'm not talking right? about Howling. All right, so ways to watch Fright Night. You can get it on VHS, Laserdisc, all the old school um, digital media there, or not non digital media, physical media that you can get. It had multiple DVD releases. Here's the kicker about these DVD releases. There were no real special features other than, like, Portuguese, you know, subtitles. And it had the trailer. As a guy that's fluent in Portuguese, that was a special feature for me. Uh, In 1999, it was on a double-sided DVD, full-screen, widescreen, which is the one I have. Had a little, like, art card and kind of like an essay written inside from Tom Holland, which is kind of fun. 2003, had just a widescreen standard DVD. 2008, was on a double feature with Urban Legend. This was a That's random as fuck. Because that is the only release of this movie that had alternate artwork. It doesn't have Why do you, it doesn't have that picture of Marcy Darcy like big teeth. The shark mouth. Yeah, like over like her ghost basically. Looming yeah. over the It's the only one it's escaping it's from very the different. fog machine. Then in two thousand thirteen it was on the four movie Thrills and Chills DVD pack with Would the, you say this is more of a thrill or a chill? Oh uh, well, I'd say it's a chill. Because you got the craft, monster high, brain scan. And Fright Night. So it's kind of a really... What the fuck is Monster High? Like, the cartoon show, or... I don't know. I don't own that one. Ghoulia, my bitch? You have it on multiple Blu-ray releases. Um, And this is also interesting. So up until recently, uh, as in this spring, you couldn't get this, like, in stores on Blu-ray. You had a 2011 Twilight Time Blu-ray, which was a limited release... With some special features, and they only printed 3,000 of them. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. This is a Sony subdivision, like a TriStar, um... It's the, it's the chick with the, the fucking statue. What's that What's that one? Mm. Columbia. Columbia. Duh, yeah. Columbia Pictures? Ah, uh, you almost said Columbia House. It's the, it's the motherfuckers that did Ghostbusters, you know? Yeah. So, like, this should not be hard to get a hold of. But they just, for whatever reason, weren't doing it, so Twilight Time... Fuck it, Sony, you don't know what you're like, doing. You know, they were like, oh, fans would want this. I guess they just assumed it wasn't popular enough. I don't know. I don't know a lot of people that have seen it, so I guess maybe they're correct. Then 2015, Twilight Time released it again. This was their first ever re-release of their Blu-rays. They only do those limited runs, where they did 5,000 prints of it, and it had several more bonus features than the... Um, 2011 one. It was the 30th anniversary. And then finally, four years later, Sony finally got off their ass and released it in 2019. 
has all the special features of both the Twilight Time releases plus some extra stuff. One of the really cool ones that's on there is the You're So Cool Brewster oh, documentary. That's a fucking... So I, I'd never seen... Never saw that? Seen seen that. Seen I've, saw. I've never seen it. Um, And I, I, I got Shudder and it was on there. And that's a fucking treat. I, that's like almost two hours long. It's and, like... It's uh, two hours and... 40 minutes, two hours and 20, two hours and 26 minutes is what it is. It's like a double the, well, the movie's like clocking in almost It's like 146 hours. minutes. Of like fucking just gold. Yeah. So it's a, it's a whole making of documentary about the movie with a ton of back, like, you know, behind the scenes stuff. What was really neat is this UK company had put all this together. They released like a three and a half hour version of it. That is very hard to come by because it encompasses both Fright Night and the sequel, Fright Night Part Two, which is impossible to get. It's yeah, it's you get it's like a hundred bucks going on eBay, but for no good reason. If you've seen the movie, right? Don't. <laughs> so you can get so you can get the Blu-ray in twenty nineteen, which has a doctored version of that documentary where they only really talk about the first Fright Night. They shave the bit uh, and they kind of talk out. about Part Two a little bit, but there's like maybe ten minutes of it, so there's not a ton there. So there's quite a few ways to watch it. Um, it's it's streaming every once in a while. There's you know you can always get it that way. But I definitely recommend getting the Sony Blu-ray. It's twenty oh, and, bucks. And currently it's on Crackle. Oh yeah. If you have a subscription, which to Crackle, or if you want to sit through thirty yeah. four minute advertisements every five seconds. Tubi, you're not even that bad. No. Project Metal Beast. All right, you ready to horse around with some maniacs? Let's do the damn thing. So our film opens with a nice full shot of the moon as we slowly pan down to a dark suburban neighborhood where Jonathan and Nina are talking to one another as we zoom in closer to one of the houses and into the upstairs bedroom window. This is a beautiful crane shot. Right? Or, it's very nice and artistic. Or it's a goblin drone shot. I don't know what they do, but it's fucking... It gives you this like, impression that like it's like some people are talking like on a lover's lane sort of thing. You know, like you don't know who's talking. You get like a guy and a girl kind of, you know, Jonathan and Nina are talking to one another. Um, but as the, as it zooms into the bedroom, we see that it's actually a vampire movie that is playing on the TV in the background of this 1980s suburban yes. you know, teenager bedroom. Smash dungeon. The Just movie, kidding. The movie continues to play as we are introduced to Peter Vincent, vampire killer. All right. So can we talk about this movie for a little bit? Yep. I mean, just briefly. Oh, go ahead. All right. So it's it. This is like an almost. This is the movie that's on the TV. Yes, on the TV. It is almost a by the numbers love letter to fucking Hammer films, and we have Roddy McDowell, aka Peter Vincent, who looks twenty years younger. It's just the it's just the movie magic. Plus, like you know, it's like CRT televisions are kind of crappy. It's CG. That's what it is. They fucking <laughs> Patty Studem from X Men Last Stand. They That's invented what it, CG yes. just for this scene. They time traveled it. They Doctor Who that shit the fuck back in time. Anyway, I swear to God, for the longest time, I thought this was a legit fucking movie. And on further inspection, I'm very disappointed to find out that it is not. I thought it was that a. Uh, Roman Polanski, the fearless vampire hunter movie. No, this is just like a totally made up thing they had just for the movie. They only shot like the this scene for it's it. It's just a case of me being a fucking idiot. And, and what gave it away is like Peter Vincent goes <laughs> yes, to hold up dude. the vampire stake. He walks up to the vampire that's in like, you know, the master and he's in the coffin and his fucking stake is back. Get ready to stake him and it's backwards. Right. The, yeah. The, it's like the dull end is down and the pointy end is up. And then he fucking goes to drive it in and he just keeps getting Excess- blood. Like, it's like, eh. On it's, his face, eh, like the eh, money shot. Just, 
and it just every time he hits it with the hammer, it just keeps like they can't see what we're doing. We're doing we're like yeah, like Evil Dead. We're like splashing ourselves in the face, basically. Yes. But every time he hits it with the hammer, he gets more money shot blood on his face, like a crappy porno. It's very tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The camera then moves around this typical '80s teenager's room. You got fucking sports car posters, neon beer signs, which Coors. is fucking great. Gore, right? <laughs> uh, chicks on cars and beers uh, and chicks. We are introduced to our hero, Charlie Brewster, and his girl Amy Peterson, who Marcy Darcy, Marcy Darcy, and they're making out on the bedroom floor. You got a perfectly good bed. Right there. This is our. It's so like, are they trying to have like a little secret smash fort that mom is gonna find right, out about? Right, because it's like when you do it on the on the side of the bed, away from the door. If mom comes in, you can just get up and be like, "Oh, we were looking for her contact or retainer or some goofy shit." I assume. And I then you know. just like pull it off your. Dick. I did the same shit too. My bed was never pushed against the wall. I was. I always left like three feet to. See, I would just take like a fucking condom and slap it on the door and be like, "Don't come in here. There's fuck going." <laughs> but it's just me like jacking off. So. So, uh, Brewster is now rounding second uh, for some nice... Uh, 1980 second or, like, today's second? 1982nd. Because people be eating ass today. Yeah, Jeff. this is 1982nd, right. so he's getting some upstairs outsideies kind of action. <laughs> um, and Amy stops him so that he can see Peter Vincent introduce the Fright Night Theater Movie Marathon. She's like, hey, Charlie, don't you want to watch this? Is your favorite Don't part. you love him? And, it, you know, like, that's what you want. From your girl, instead of like slapping bodies, right? Is to stop me so that I can watch this my fucking old favorite. white dude's talking about jamming wooden things into vampires. I'm glad we live in a day of fucking TiVo and VCR and right. shit like that. I'm trying to get my fucking hand on some nips here. Oh, the name of the movie was Blood Castle, and she's just like, "Oh, Charlie, don't you want to miss this?" So Brewster goes for the inside play at second again. But uh, Amy shuts him down. Vampire movies are dope, but titties, they right. trump them. Yeah. Amy shuts him down hard. <laughs> and Brewster's blue balls get the better of him as he throws a fit. You know, they've been going out for a fucking whole year, and all she does is shut him down when Amy suggests, you know what? You're right. We should get in the bed together. That's right. You should sneeze in my fucking cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that she easy. She puts on her best fuck face. She's like, no! Stop like a cat that you sprayed piss in its face. Right. If you've ever done that, if if you're missing all the time, nonstop. That's all I do is spray cat piss in cats' faces. Right. They're like, I know this flavor. Sometimes I just pee on cats. I got cats. I just like to pee on them. Let them know who's the fucking man around here. Me ouch. (laughs) Me alpha. So while Amy's in her bed taking off her shirt, and by the way, like she's just the one that said she wants to get in bed, and she's got the most uncomfortable fucking face. It's her fuck face is no bueno. Yeah, it's like she's like trying to hold back a sneeze or something. Like she's about to make a big mistake, but it's like, but it was your idea. He just fucking wanted to touch your boob. And Bam. now you're like, let's fucking hit some home runs here. Uh, Brewster sees two people outside that we later learn are Billy Cole and Jerry Dandridge, his neighbors. Did you catch this? When they're walking up with the coffin, Jerry has one arm on the coffin like a motherfucking mm-hmm. pimp. And you know what he's doing with his other hand? Probably eating an apple. I don't fucking know. That's all that dude does in this movie. There's the drinking game. Drink every time that shit cunt's fucking taking a chomp out of an apple. He, drinks, he eats a lot of apples. That's a lot of drinks. So um, Applesauce. he sees those two through his bedroom window, and they're carrying a coffin. Uh, as Amy tells Brewster that she's ready to make Jesus cry... <laughs> with a face that suggests otherwise. Brewster is getting a better look at the coffin twins through his binoculars as they carry the coffin into the basement of the house next door to Charlie's. Yes. Amy then gets super fucking Super butthurt. 
She leaves fucking because Brewster's not paying attention to her. He's trying to fucking catch her. She goes out the door and she starts yelling at him uh, about making love to her. Right. And then fucking as they get downstairs, Charlie's mom, Judy, hears them fucking going at each other and tells him to come in the living room. Lovers quarrels. Be like where she is. And it's like, fucking dude, be cool. Like with the fucking sex talk, my fucking mom's like right next door. No, mom is fucking invested. I want to talk about Amy's running down the stairs. What the fuck is she wearing? Overalls. She's like running down the steps and buttoning up her fucking kid sister. That's right. The counterpart of (laughs) my my buddy. buddy. And she looks like some kind of fucked up kid sister, kid sister. And she looks like some kind of weird fucked up 80s doll. And she's like trying to hold back tears. And then mom's like, well, 90% of marriages are I'll let you take it. Well, yeah, no, you're right. Like, she's just like, oh, mom is way too invested. 90% of marriages always start with these fights. And it's like, whoa, dude, one, who said I'm marrying anybody? And two, you, Amy, knock it off with the fuck talk. My mom's fucking right there, right? Like, I don't want her to get super pissed and not buy me Sprite and Pop-Tarts. Mom's like frothing at the bits, fucking slapping the biscuit. Mom's a little too cool about it. Amy's a little too fucking loose about it. Charlie's in the fucking middle like, whoa. Bitches be tripping. You know what? There's something I want to address that just dawned on me. Hit me. Where's Mr. Brewster? It's a progressive movie, man. It's the 80s. I don't know. He probably went out for I, a pack of smokes. Just hasn't been back. Yeah, you Dad's save him leave. enough Mar- Marvel points to buy a fucking kayak and get out of this bitch. <laughs> That's what it is. Dad's leave. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, that just dawned on me. Anyway. So, as these two are still fucking, as these two biddies are flapped on with each other, Brewster continues to spy on the neighbors, and his mom starts spotting off facts about marriage. It's, I, it's very, it's like a really weird scene, because it's like, what are you, like, Presbyterian? Like, fucking, like, we don't marry this young. Like, we're clearly in yeah, high school. Mom might as well have just been sniffing and patting genitals at this right? point. Amy then fucking leaves. She's tired of fucking like, being ignored Charlie. by anybody other than the mom. Charlie's just, like, staring out the fucking window. He's like... Yeah, see ya. You you can't see these arm gestures we're doing, but it's like a get here, like like you're like you're swatting a fucking gnat away. And then Avi looks super sad and slams the door. It's like, bitch, you paying bills in this house? Yeah. Why are you slamming doors like no that? Shit. Bye. Those windows inexpensive. The next day at school. Uh, so actually, Judy tells Charlie about the house next door being sold to a handsome gentleman who fixes up houses. And as the as this is all going on, the news reports that someone in town was brutally murdered. We got one. That's our first death of the movie. It's off screen. They don't. It's you just, just people know that they've been murdered. It and it's sad. That hurts. People. We get a little bit more later though. The next morning at school, Brewster and his friend Ed, Evil Ed, super rat face looking fucking kid, leave trigonometry class together and complain about the pop quiz that they just took. bastard. As Amy burst fucking through. Dude, she's like fucking Goldberg spearing. Yeah, just If you watch in the background, like, there's a chick just, ha ha ha, I'm eating a sandwich. She's like, bam, get the fuck out of my way, bitch. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to have a little side of sass. Some assault. (laughs) All right? God damn. All right? And she didn't even fucking stop to chat. She just fucking busts through, knocking fucking motherfuckers down. Plowing this poor gal. Plowing motherfuckers. Bye. Brewster heads home and catches a tall well-dressed, lanky blonde. Oh, my God. You know they iced her nips up with ice cubes? They did that a couple times. Imagine that. Like, Mom, I'm in Hollywood. What's your What's your job? Yeah. Icing this chick's nips up. She's looking for the neighbor's house before going inside. Uh, she's a prostitute. 
right? And you just get that vibe. She's just a hooker. Uh, so Charlie goes into his house, said to his mom, and let him know that he's got to study because he fucking clearly sucks at math. Dude, Charlie is straight jizzing his fucking pants the whole time. He's like, oh, I'm going to go upstairs and turn my dick out a second. Later, while he's studying, uh, Brewster hears a scream from the next door neighbor's house. Yes. As he is continuing to study, but now he's at the food court, I guess because the screaming next door was too much for him. I didn't get a food court. I got kind of like a Saved by the Bell, like the Max kind of vibe. Like, they, right? That's a big Max. I know. It's a Patty Max. <laughs> I'm going to say the food court at the mall, but you don't really see them shopping, so... Or it's like the malt shop and fucking uh, 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 Archie or something. Either way, they're at this, yeah, big food court area. And uh, Amy finds him, and they start to have a conversation about what happened the other night. It's like, sorry I was being a fucking loser and not trying to go to fucking Plowtown because I got distracted by two dudes. Yeah, but I know you're Mr. Plow. That's my name. <laughs> What's that name again? It's Mr. Plow. <laughs> So they're talking about what happened the other night and how much they love each other. And Brewster gets distracted by another news report on TV about another murder. And he recognizes the girl in the report as the hooker he saw earlier going into the neighbor's house. I see McNipplinson's. This is when Evil Ed comes up and tells him that this is the second murder in two days. I think they were decapitated. And both victims had their heads chopped off because he was listening to the police scanner. Yes, because, you know, Ed, right? you're normal people. Amy gets pissed again. Oh my god, dude. This chick needs to... I, I get it. You're a fucking teenage girl. Yeah, you need you need my therapist's fucking number because you got some rage. <laughs> she steals this dude's hamburger? Dude looks like... I don't know what... It's like... I don't know what the fuck it's it like is. It's like a taco burger or something? It's like Dude looks like Stephen King. <laughs> he looked like bonafide teenage Stephen King. So she takes this fucking nerd's hamburger and she smashes it in Brewster's face as fucking Evil Ed laughs and goes, You're so cool, Brewster. Like, real talk, that is a whole level of disrespect. Like, I don't beat women, but uh, I'd make an exception. I mean, she's slamming fucking doors at his house. She's slamming fucking burgers in his face. That's she's not slamming fucking, cool. fucking vampire cocks into her too. But we'll <laughs> get to that. Yeah, the only thing she's not slamming is clams, right? Yet. Insert cricket. Oh my god! I just what? I didn't even. I didn't put two and two together. The fucking evil Ed and Amy. Oh my god. Huh. What, they're at the same place? I'm confused. Yes, no, uh, nothing. I'll tell you when you're older. Okay. Hey, there's a beer in this can. The next day, Billy is inside the old house next to the Brewster's house here. And he is painting all the windows black. Brewster my, decides... My brother does that. ...that he wants to start snooping around the cellar where he saw Billy and Jerry carrying the coffin in the other night. Yes. Before Billy jumps out, scares him, catches him, fucking scares the shit out of him, chases him away. Hey, kid, what are you doing? N nothing? Good. Make sure it stays that way, kid. And then fucking Charlie tucks his dick in his asshole and fucking rolls out to his, to his he's yard. He's got that weird shit-eating grin, too, as he's yelling at him. Oh, my God. Billy is the weirdest and best character in this movie because, like, at any moment, he's getting ready to hate fuck Charlie. <laughs> like, that's his thing. Like, like he's getting down. Like, he's going to split his dick down the middle and fucking cook it like a hot dog. I don't know, man. So later that night, Brewster is watching the neighbor's house fucking Charlie like, is on full-on patrol. Yeah, uh, from his upstairs bedroom window when he finally sees his neighbor Jerry and some girl getting fucking bare-ass naked. Now we are 
13 minutes, 32 seconds into the movie, and we got boobies. We got the boobies! 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 Who's this chick look like? I didn't get her face. (laughs) (laughs) She kind of reminds me of like a Julie... Julia Ronzo, you know, she it's from... actually a little bit awkward because she looks like she's also a teenager. Hey, vampires, de... dude, in Twilight, that they wanted to fuck a baby. I don't think that's what happened in Twilight. No, that's you, you... Yeah. Oh, that was that fanfic I read. Never mind. So, uh, Brewster's enjoying the free peep show until Jerry grows some fangs and attempts to bite his lady friend. With his hot dog finger. Right? Oh, wait, no, wait, sorry, I'm, I'm Before ahead. locking eyes at Charlie, whom he now realizes is fucking spying on him from fucking across the way. It's like, you like what you see? Do you know how much it costs to mind your own fucking business? <laughs> he then fucking goes. fingers. Yeah, he goes to pull down the fucking curtain and fucking Charlie freaks out because he sees them big-ass fucking sausages blah, 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 with them fucking long-ass nails. He's like, So Jerry's got these, like, monster hand kind of things going on. With, like, on. Lee's press-on nails. And the whole time this is going on, this is fucking panty-melting synth rock. Like, I, I'm not even going to pretend like I know what I'm fucking doing. And then Charlie runs out to tell his mom what he just saw. Charlie's mom doesn't buy into his bullshit as Brewster now sees Billy across the street with what looks like a dead body being shoved into the back of Billy's Jeep. It's like a lumpy plant or something. It's like going, a big fucking ficus. It's a dead body. Let's get fucking real. We all know what it is. So Brewster runs out and he hides in the bushes to get a better look at what's going on. X a goddamn fool. Because he runs into us. Blowing up our spot, dude. Uh, and then we get this like scene from like somebody above on the roof kind of creeping down, kind of watching over the whole ship. Batty POV. <laughs> and it like runs, jumps off the roof, and you hear this bat noise. All of a sudden, fucking Jerry like materializes directly in front of billy's jeep holding a what a purse he tells billy's like hey you forgot this purse inside and he fucking tosses Uh, it to him actually it's a clutch but thanks for trying schooled me (sighs) charlie's mom then fucking you know oblivious is blown up his spot dude fucking makes her way outside and she's fucking screaming for brewster what are you doing down there It fucking alerts Billy and Jerry to Charlie's presence, and they're about to catch him in a really weird way. Like, fucking Jerry's, like, chewing this apple, which he's been doing for half the movie. Two fucking seconds in this movie. And he, like, bites it, and he's like, hold on. And he tosses it at Charlie's feet, but it doesn't act like he can see Charlie. Then he slowly walks towards the apple, and then Charlie, like, freaks out and runs inside. Fucking skitters, dude. And his mom still won't believe his story about the fucking neighbor being a vampire. Uh, so can we talk about how cool Charlie's mom is here? If I would have pulled any stunt like that, my mom would have knocked fucking four letters out of my, you know, vocabulary out of my head. Kind of <laughs> shit. This mom's like, oh, the microwave doesn't melt the marshmallows. Here's some hot cocoa. Mom, I don't need no fucking hot cocoa. I'm not trying to calm down. You need to get calmed up. Dude, later on, she's like, do you want a volume? I'm like, fuck yeah. I got that in here. Yeah, she's just fucking giving out drugs. So, Brewster then later on tells Amy the same story the next day, and he says that he's going to the police since he knows they are looking for the murderer of those two dead people. Charlie logical. And now Detective Lennox arrive back at Jerry's house to ask Jerry some questions when Billy answers the door. Billy invites Charlie and Detective Lennox inside, and they answer all the detectives questions as fucking Brewster begins Billy to like fucking snarky snoop around. as 
fucking anytime. Oh, he uh, is such a shit. Anytime guy. Linux isn't in the room, he's just hate fucking a hole through his head. Yeah, he's such a piece it's of like, shit. What'd you see, Charlie? Huh? What'd you see? Charlie's oh, like looking around and he's seeing all this like very gothic shit. He finds like a picture of what looks like Amy, but it doesn't. Yeah, at all. But he's whatsoever. like, Amy. Do you think like they did the painting and they like they recasted her or something because it looks nothing like her? I don't. I don't know. It we'll, looks like we'll a get six to foot why, Burnett but... chick. And anyway, so all that's going on, and obviously, fucking, he starts telling the detective that Jerry is in fact in the house because Billy's like, "Oh, he's not here." He's like, "No, he's fucking here. He's just asleep in the basement in his coffin." He's sleeping the sleep of the undead, and then the Linux is like, "All right, get get the fuck out of here." He like kid. screams it. He's because he's sleeping the sleep of the undead. He is cranking the DQ meter up to a fucking eleven and breaking that knob off. He's fucking, because he's a vampire. Ain't nobody fucking believing his shit. Detective Lennox doesn't believe him, and he fucking tells him to stop wasting his fucking time. And even Billy's like, ooh, right? ooh, just being that fucking dickhead. And he's like, if you ever fucking come to the police station again, I'm a third I'm gonna fucking lock you up! Alright. Go, go, no, you go ahead, you So go ahead. Brewster then now realizes that it's fucking close to sundown after all this is happening. Yeah, at 423... And he rushes over to Evil Ed's house to tell him all about his neighbor being a vampire, and how... Fucking Jerry is now on to him that he knows the truth. And Brewster asks Evil Ed how to protect himself. And he bribes him with $8. Sold. Give me your money. I mean, hey, I, man, in the 1980s, that was like fucking $80. I would take your $8 today in 2019. Yeah, dude, I'll give you Vampire 101. So Evil Ed fucking... is a weird fucking dude, for starters. He arms him with some knowledge. Some, some truth notes. He gives him a cross and tells him that this will work to keep vampires at bay, but he's got to have total faith. But you have to have faith. The second is he tells him links of garlic cloves around his neck, his doors, his windows. Do you want to? Oh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, then holy water, but it actually has to be breast by a priest. So do you want to know the fucking lore of why vampires and garlic and all that shit? No, hit me. Take a, finish your fucking beer because you're going to need this for this. Go ahead. It's because garlic makes your breath stink. Uh-huh. No, that's it. And they don't want to get close to you because your breath stinks. All right, but let's flip the, flip the script real quick because you know what blood or uh, garlic actually does? Purifies your fucking blood. So that's what Big Vampire wants you to think. <laughs> so you're actually purifying your blood for fucking vampires. Actually, I would, think it's, I would say that it's actually Big Garlic, right? Not Big, big Vampire. It's who big, do you think owns Big Garlic? It's Big Italy. Mm-hmm. I'd say, well, I'd say the vampire it is, is probably Romania. It is a vampire garlic pyramid scheme, and you're at the bottom or the top. It's not so much like a pyramid. It's it's more it's like... It's a Ponzi scheme. It's like a, like a triangle. Like a pyramid? Like a triangle. Like a pyramid. Well, I mean, I guess if you take a triangle and you stand it upright, it's a pyramid. <laughs> you stop. You stop. His last piece of advice for Brewster is that one rule above all else, a vampire cannot come into your house unless he is invited. So we're getting the classic vampire rules here. And I love this. That's, this is one of the best parts about this movie is that it's bringing the normies up to speed. If you don't yeah, know your shit, it's, it's a modern take on the vampire stuff. And I definitely want to touch on it in the final thoughts, but the big rule, which you know, if you watch Buffy growing up and shit like that, or you've seen a movie or just any movie is that a vampire cannot come into the house unless he is invited. 
Brewster heads home immediately, and he begins to safeguard his room by nailing his windows shut. Oh my god, so many nails. As his mom calls him down to meet the next door neighbor. And I love this scene before he leaves the room. There's like fucking candles lit, and like all this goofy shit. It's very gothic in there. And Brewster then goes downstairs as his mom requests to meet the fucking next door neighbor, who happens to be Jerry Dandridge, the vampire that he's been fucking watching the whole time. Alright, I, I gotta address this. So that whole vampire... Uh, can't come into your house unless they're invited Mm -hmm. by the proper owner. So I have some weird speculations. All right. So what if you just bought the house? So they don't say proper owner. That's what you're saying. That is your added verbiage. No, I, by the true owner. That is not, Ed doesn't say that. Okay. Well, if we're playing by these rules, then these are rules for a reason. Like, what if you're squatting in a house or what if you're watching the house? If you're in the house and you invite the vampire in, you don't have to be the owner. That is what Ed is saying. Well, there goes my gag. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah. No, go ahead. No, continue being wrong, though. No, it's all right. Okay. You got it? Yeah, good. I guess, Thank it's, you. I guess it's my Oh, I mean, what wrong. if it's the bank owns it because you got a 30-year mortgage on it and fucking Johnny Shlomo has What if you're going over. through a divorce and you're getting a name change, yeah, you know? Yeah. No. If you're in the fucking house, don't invite a vampire in. You don't have to be the fucking owner. That's easy. It's simple. All Not right. So if you are currently... Oh, no, no, because it gets better. You what? don't live here. If a vampire is outside and he says, hey, can I come in? And you're inside the house, you're you're in my house. And you tell that vampire, absolutely. Now he can come and go as he pleases. That is what this movie is stating. Well, that's dumb. I'd be I like, don't what think you so. Got? That makes more sense. No, I'd be like, what you got, buddy? Oh, you got teeth and you want to kill me and drink my blood? No, what if Moving you... on. No, 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 no. What if you're like in an apartment, though? Moving no. on. No, what if you're in an apartment and then you invite the vampire into the lobby? Then does he have access to all the other rooms in the apartment slash and or hotel? And does that involve... Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Inside the house, Jerry now is. Charlie freaks the fuck out. Yes, he does. As he's like, realizes that now fucking the vampire is in his fucking home. And Jerry just makes some of the best off the cuff fucking remarks about how now that he's been invited, he can just pop by anytime he wants. I mean, if it's okay with you, mom. Right? It's completely like she's fucking just obtuse to all this fucking shit, too. Because mom straight up wants Jerry to get up in that bat cave. <laughs> Real fucking bad. And it's just, it's, it's a very awkward scene. He's like, I can just pop by anytime I want. I don't need your permission. Oh, also, what are they drinking? Vine. I don't know. I didn't see. Bloody Marys. Are they? Yeah, totally. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as Brewster then fucking freaks out and he heads back upstairs, presumably to fucking hide. Like at this a point. like the fucking soil his pants in the corner, yeah. like a. Instead of running dog. out the front door, where's he going, Mike? Up the mm-hmm. stairs. <laughs> God damn it, nachos! <laughs> During the night, now while Charlie's mom is asleep, Jerry flies over to the Brewster's house and lets himself in because he can into the mama's room. Yep. Did, did you catch this? Oh, yeah. This I'm, fucking mirror gag? Jerry's in Charlie's mom's room while Charlie is downstairs investigating some strange noises. The the quintessential decoy scratch right. on the windows of a branch. And this is where we get what Nacho was just saying. This really nice effect. Yeah. Where fucking Jerry exits the room and she's got this large mirror that's like on her like... Presumably to do cocaine off because it's the 80s. Yeah, but it's like up on the wall. So it, I don't know if you're going to do cocaine all... You know, well, when you're that like fucking that. crazy, dude, you just you do it. All the, I don't <laughs> vampire style. There you go. So she's obviously got this like large dresser with the big ass dressing mirror. And as he walks and exits himself out the room, he's got no reflection. You see the door 
open by himself in the mirror. You can see Jerry obviously in front of the camera, but in the mirror you don't see any reflection, so it just looks like it opens and closes by itself. It is done. It's super slow. very well. What's really crazy about that though is Tom Holland bitched about that. He thought that that effect did not pay off well because he felt that the camera that he had, the angled shot that he had, wasn't the right shot that he needed. So when that effect took place, most people missed it. it I mean, yeah, no, that's the whole point. It's a subtle gag. I've seen this movie probably. I think he wanted to apparently be the focal point, and it eh, wasn't. No, don't, don't. I like it being better off on yeah, its own. don't waggle the dick in front of the audience. Yeah. and sniff it a little later on. It's one of those People things that's that. fun to catch. Like I said, I, I've seen this movie 20 times in my stupid existence. I just now caught that. Yeah, it's fun to catch. I didn't see it the first couple of times, but I did obviously catch it this time. And I, I thought it was a really good effect. It's very fun. It's subtle. Yes, and... So as he leaves, he passes by the mirror. There's no reflection. As he closes the door, he like breaks it with his fucking bare hand, so it like can't be open. There's a deleted scene where he actually teabags the mom. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was in the version you let me borrow that didn't have any special features. <laughs> okay. I they think I might have one. gotten into the ether. He then heads into Brewster's room to wait. And he creep a booze in the closet. Charlie comes back upstairs in his room to try to spy on Jerry some more through the window when Jerry Sneaks up from behind him out of the bedroom closet. This is another great gag, too. Jerry starts to fucking toss Charlie around the room here. Rag Dal and Rag Dale. Right? And he threatens <laughs> to fucking kill his mother, but gives him a choice to live if he just forgets what he has seen. He gives him an, I don't fuck with you if you don't fuck with me ultimatum. Then Charlie says, okay, and then Jerry and him live happily ever after. End of the, the movie. end. Charlie, just kidding. Charlie then pulls out the cross out of his pocket that Evil gave him earlier, but it doesn't work on Jerry because Charlie doesn't have faith. Jerry forces he ain't no Fred Durst the open nailed the 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 window that's been fucking shut with E just fucking opens it up and he hangs Brewster out of it, intending to fucking kill him when Brewster fucking stabs Jerry in the hand with, with a, a pencil. Did you catch the part where like Amy's picture falls out like perfectly onto the fence post and gets a little stabbed? That was awesome. Yeah, this movie is so fucking good. Jerry freaks out because I guess like number two lead pencils are dangerous to everybody. Lead no, because getting stabbed with a pencil fucking hurts, dude. right? You ever been stabbed? But with it kind of like it like it like sizzles. You can hear it like kind of burn in the oh, scene. Oh, do you think it's like a steak effect? I'm not sure what the intent of that was. I assume maybe it's like a wooden steak. But Jerry freaks out, and he begins to transform. And this is when you get some of the, like... A vampire power you never knew about. This super cool special effect that the movie just constantly employs, which is just practical effects. Everybody transforms when they have to, like, monster out. And it's it's done really well. But it's not even his final form. No, it's just... He's just half-fucking monster, and he's terrifying-looking. Oh, yeah. So then, like... He starts screaming tornado breath and lights at Brewster against fucking, the like, wall. Fucking like gets those fucking sausage fingers. Well, Charlie's like freaking out because like all this like force what? is being emitted out of fucking Jerry. You, you know what he does? Transform. He fucking low pans him. That's what he does. That's right. We almost made it through an episode without low panning. This wakes up Judy, and from the noise, she starts calling out to Charlie, but she can't get out of her fucking bedroom. So she starts to freak out. Jerry. Now, at the sound of Judy being awake, acts uh, like a giant fucking baby, just fucking freaks out and takes off as Judy finally breaks out of her bedroom and fucking comes into Charlie's room. And he tells his mom it was only a nightmare. 
Judy casually offers her son a Valium to help him sleep before right, heading Mom. back to bed. All right, Judy, you got pretty cool right there. Right? She's like, oh, do you want you want something to help you sleep? I have a couple roaches in the ashtray if you want to <laughs> chuff them. It's still the 80s, huh? Can I get you some Quaaludes? You want yeah, some no ludes? shit, right? You want some Ludes, brah? So while that's going on, fucking, you hear this ruckus, and it's, it's Jerry outside being a fucking asshole beating up his car. Which, I don't care how evil you are. You don't fuck with somebody's car. I'm not like a motorhead. I don't have this like. Well, that doesn't happen yet. Oh well. So yeah, as you're right. mom leaves, Brewster then turns to watch a vampire movie on TV, just kind of calm himself down. And this is a Christopher Lee vampire movie, so this is actually a real movie. That's a Hammer flick, no doubt. Yeah, that is on, and I think it's the House of Dracula or the Dracula's sh- it's Blood. It's the Shed of Dracula. Um. And he, I think it's the Taste of Blood of Dracula or the House of Dracula. Or Horror of Dracula, I'm sorry. Uh, as he gets a phone call from Jerry, Jerry tells Charlie that he just destroyed his car. And you get, like, a good shot of him kind of do it. You don't really see him do it, but you definitely know that he fucked it up. Oh, he's like, Mom, there's raccoons. What's that noise? It's raccoons. Huh? Yeah. And then, like, so Jerry's making the phone call. And then Billy is, like, down on his knees right in front of the, the Jerry zone. I don't think that's a true at all. Uh, that's exactly what happens. Watch the fucking movie. He's like my movie. He's got the drippy hand into like that weird looking (laughs) vase piss bucket thing or whatever. And then it's like, he is, you're right. I don't Yeah. And I'm, we'll get to that later. So Brewster then continues to watch the Peter Vincent fright night as Jerry is fucking telling that he's going to do worse to him tomorrow. And despite the fact that Peter Vincent is just an actor. I am Peter Vincent, the great vampire killer. He Brewster gets the idea that he's going to track him down for help because he's obviously got a vampire problem and this guy's clearly an expert. And who are you going to call? Right? Ho-busters. Brewster finds Peter Vincent at the studio lot where they film Fright Night and asks him if he really believes in vampires. Peter then tells him that he does, but nobody from this generation in the 80s cares. All they want are demented madmen who run, run around in ski masks. Hacking up virgins. Young virgins. <laughs> he's so good, dude. I I'm like writing McDowell's a little button out. I just want to hug him. He's pissed off because he's basically just been fired from Fright Night because nobody wants to watch his show other than Charlie. Right. Who hasn't been tuning in because he's too busy fucking fearing for his life. You find the time. If you're passionate, you find the time. Brewster then tells Peter that he too believes in vampires and that he has one living next door and that he would like Peter's help to kill it. The fucking face Roddy McDowell gives is like, (laughs) Brewster tells Peter that the recent murders that were around were caused by the vampire that lived next door to him. And Peter obviously doesn't fucking believe him. And he tells him that he lied when he said he believed in vampires. and It was all an act before he just fucking gets I'm the fuck I'm not believing out of there. it until you're telling me like Peter Vincent. I can't do it. I can't do a good Roddy McDowell. You've, uh, I lied. I lied to you. <laughs> uh, that's Dr. Orpheus. Same fucking character though. Anyway. So Evil Ed and Amy stop by Charlie's house now. They don't even fucking knock. They just barge into that shit. Right? And they see his room's fucking covering those lit candles from earlier. Oh my god. Garlic cloves are fucking all over the place now. Crosses. And Charlie's on the bread bed just fucking sharpening wooden steaks, right? Just fucking getting ready to Buffy. And they both tell him that he's crazy when the news comes on and the TV fucking announcer states that there has been a third body found. 
So they bust into the room and fucking Charlie is sitting there listening to Joy Division cutting himself because he's so fucking goth. This is like Simon Belmont's wet dream. It's not even Joy Division. It's like Young Marble Giants. <laughs> Whoa, specific. It's the Cure's Cure. <laughs> Disintegration's the best album ever. Oh my. <laughs> Amy and Ed state that they are going to get Peter Vincent to help convince Charlie that he is crazy and they head over to his apartment. Apparently, everybody just knows where these fucking celebrities live. Celebrity. In fucking Rancho Cucamonga, wherever the fuck they live in California. Uh, so there's an exchange of dialogue. Rather, something uh, Ed sa- Evil Ed says here that he's like, that, that just had me fucked up. Yeah, then he'll be able to suck his way through the entire town. And then he, like, looks out the window. Not like it'd be much of a loss. And I'm just like, look at you, movie. That was actually a really funny line. <laughs> so they head over there. And they explain who they are and that Charlie is their friend. Which, I hope you're not one of his friends. Yeah, which fucking jogs fucking This chick's fucking got Peter the hots for him. Amy and Ed ask Peter to help him convince Charlie that the neighbor is not a vampire because Charlie's going to kill him. And it would obviously just be murder at that point and not, you know, a save. Yep. So Peter then begins to tell him that Hollywood is calling Hollywood is calling. I am very busy. I've just got a call on a lead role in a very popular... It's like, bitch, no you didn't. Right, because Amy offers him a $500 savings bond. And he's, he's like, like boy, you, 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 you. take it. I will help your friend. He's like, give it him ducats. As they discuss how they're going to convince Charlie that Jerry is human, Ed comes up with the idea that Peter can perform some live tests on Jerry to prove that he is not a vampire. You know, like an orgy of the damned! Right, exactly. And Peter agrees, and he goes along with it. Ed, Amy, and Peter call Jerry to tell them the plan, because that's what you do, right? Right. It's You know what? You're looking out for your buddy. You don't actually factually know that this is a real vampire scenario. So he wants to be like, hey, man, fucking, we're going to prove that you're human. Can you help us out so that Charlie doesn't kill you? Uh, and they said, absolutely, but they cannot bring a car, bring along crosses or holy water as, as he, he is. is a born-again Christian. And he does agree to drink regular tap water, though. No, it's just regular tap water. The following night, Peter, Brewster, Evil Ed, and Amy all head over to Jerry and Billy's house. All right, I'm going to jump in real quick. Hit me. Uh... Peter rolls up in his fucking, you know, pussy wagon, and he gets out. What the fuck is up with Peter Vincent's hair this entire movie? It's like, does he spray paint his shit gray? I know, like, I know there was spray on fucking, you know, for bald spots and shit. Could be. But his hair is gray gray, not like, like powdered wig gray. Could be. It's peculiar. I mean, there is no scene for it, but probably is. I mean, it probably just looks that way because he wasn't that old. I do know in the original he wasn't that script, great yet. when uh, Amy and Ed went to visit, this fucking Snozzle over there doing all right? Oh, anyway, that Amy and Ed went to visit Peter Vincent, and then, like, he came to the door, but, like, he's bald. And then it's like, what do you want, kind of thing. And then, like, <laughs> then it's like, we're, we're, your, we're here for your, we're fans? And then, like, then he, like, freaks out, and then, like, you hear a bunch of rustle and tussle on there. And he comes out with, like, his wig, wig on crooked. Like, backwards. Yes. That would have been funny if they had done it. But, hey, Ryder McDowell's got a full head of hair, so they're running with it. A luxurious, luxurious. So, as Jerry introduces himself to everybody as they're now in the house, uh, he has an immediate attraction to Amy. It's like fucking, like, dead-on fucking laser sights. 
And everyone prepares as Jerry agrees to drink the holy water. That is really tap water. And Jerry's just being charming as fuck this entire time. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. Just laying it on thick for everybody. It's being real hambo. Stepping deep in this shit. Everyone but Brewster is convinced that Jerry is not a vampire. But Charlie just claims that the holy water really wasn't blessed. I love that introduction with Amy. He grabs his hand and, like, all up. Starts kissing it, and he's like, this is what I would do if I was a vampire, right, Charlie? What, what is that? It's Lord, not Lord Fauntroy, that old OG pimp dude or whatever. I don't know. Um. Anyway, wasted joke. Yeah, and then he spooches. It's like, right, anyway. So Charlie then pulls out a cross, but Peter puts it away like, as he's whoa. getting embarrassed of Charlie's behavior. But you do kind of see Jerry fucking back off, right? Yeah. Like, he sees it, and he's like, whoop. I don't think it's a vampire. I think it's just like, oh, my religious beliefs. It just Charlie is so, like, <clears throat> As everyone goes to leave, and Jerry is charming Ed and Peter at this point, Peter goes to check himself in a pocket mirror that he carries from one of his movies. Orgy the Damn, dude. Right? That's what it is. And he notices that Jerry is not casting a reflection in the group with everyone else. Peter rushes everybody out of the fucking door as he fucking drops the goddamn mirror. And he's like, oh, God. And uh, Jerry comes over. He's like, everything okay? He's like, yep, just, you know, butterfingers, blah, 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 blah. And Peter tells Brewster that Jerry is really a vampire before getting the hell out of Dodge as Brewster and Ed agree that they are going to walk Amy home alone. So now you got two people fucking on to the gag. Yes. They've just clued in Ed and Amy, who apparently just buy the whole thing. Right. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to walk you home at night now. So uh, during that little mirror gag exchange, there's a line of dialogue. Uh, It's Jerry to Ed. I expect we have a lot of interest. Horror movies, the occult. I'm like, fuck yeah, I totally hang out with Jerry. He's charming as fuck, man. I mean, and you know, he he know he's got fruit in the house. Probably got apple juice. <laughs> probably got fucking orange juice. Bloody Marys, no doubt. And he's into the occult and horror movies. I mean, sign me up. So as they watch from the window, Jerry comments to Billy how much Amy looks like someone he used to love, and Billy states that no, that she looks famous, like he's seen her on a TV show. <laughs> That hasn't come out yet. Right. Billy states that no one will ever believe Charlie now, right? Because it's like, oh, you've got this washed up actor fucking totally, like, you know, on with the gag. So it's cool, man. Like, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. So as that lot's going on, Jerry is walking back into the other room as he steps on a piece of the mirror Uh that fell off from Peter's hand mirror that he dropped. From Orgy of the Damned. Right. When he was startled. By not seeing fucking Jerry's reflection. So Jerry is now on to Peter that he knows he's a fucking vampire. The plot thickens. Amy, Brewster, and Evil Ed are now walking down a fucking dark alley. The sketchiest part of fucking town. Steamy dark alley. As Ed heads off on his own, despite Charlie's warning. What does he call him? Like a fucking fruit ball or some shit? He's just, he's evil. He's evil. Evil Ed. And he pretends that he has been bitten by a Jerry. Right, and he's fucking screaming for his friends. Bitten by a Jerry. That's the worst. That's the worst <laughs> thing to get bit by. Brown Lecluse, fuck off. Before making a joke that he is going to turn everyone into a vampire and give them give, a hickey. Give them a hickey! Ed and Amy kind of fucking laugh at Charlie for fucking Being a fucking dipshit, right? but not really. But yeah. And they both then take off and they leave Ed alone again. Ed is then actually stalked by Jerry. 
while he is alone and in the alleys running for his life when Jerry catches up with Evil Ed and they run into like a dead end. Mm-hmm. Jerry uses his power to transform into fog and appear behind Ed, but instead of attacking Evil Ed, he tells him that he it's, doesn't have to be afraid. It's like, you ain't gotta, if you're tired of getting picked on, you can join the fucking vampire club, homie. Right. And he's like, all right. So if you're kind of thinking, you're like, whoa, he turns into fog. Vampires have several forms of transformation. They can do wolves, rats, bats, rats. fog, or mist. Oh, yeah. That's all oh, over the place. I'm just thinking Castlevania. Right. Well, yeah. But, I mean, you get these other movies and things like that, plus literature. They can do several They turn into times literature, of... too? No. Wow. They have several kinds of transformation that you learn from literature, if you could read, which I know you can't. I'm just like our listeners. <laughs> Jerry says that he understands what it means to be different and that he can make sure that no one ever picks on Ed anymore. All he has to do is take his hand. I mean, are we? how hard are we reading into this? Right? Okay. And Evil Ed does. And I love this next part of the scene. Because he so, pulls a Dracula! Yeah, so instead of wrapping him in his cloak or his fucking vampire his cape, baller-ass trench coat. he fucking just wraps Evil Ed up in his trench coat and then, like, you hear fucking Evil Ed, like, fucking scream off in the distance and fucking Charlie and Amy, like, hear it. And I just think that's so cool that they're taking these, like, OG tropes from fucking Hammer films and the Universal Monster movies and then applying them to, like, a modern day setting. So instead of the cape, we've got this fucking trench coat that's fucking everybody wore in the 80s. And you know what? It's not black, too. So kind of flipping the script. I, yeah, I, it's like Jerry's a brown. a well-dressed dude. Yeah. It's like gray shark leather, kind of like your Megatron over there. It's like a brownish gray. It's it's, it's like it's a standard trench coat color. But not like Dr. Loomis. Right. It's not so cool. I just think it's really neat that, 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 they, that they take the time to do that kind of shit. Meanwhile, and like when he goes to flap it around, he does like the full arm yeah. flap. It's, it's, it's fun. They have some fun with it. Meanwhile, Amy and Brewster hear Ed scream off in the distance, followed up by this like supernatural explosion. Which is kind of weird. And it makes them run down the street. That supernatural expo- explosion is him tearing out the fuse box kind of thing. Remember they walk past it and it's like some Resident Evil shit? But that would be right in front of them. They would have probably seen that. And the lights went out behind him as well. No, he like threw a beer can. Who? And then... <laughs> <laughs> flicked a beer bottle cap. He's like, what was that? And then he fucking ripped it out. Right. So they run down the street to a nightclub as Car- as Jerry just fucking casually sure, it's a discotheca. A <laughs> A discotheque. It's Club Noir from fucking The Punisher. They, uh, the two of them sneak into the nightclub through like the back, like kitchen area. While across town, at the same time, we have Evil Ed knocking. Oh my god! I on love this. Peter Vincent's apartment door. This guy needs to fucking move into like an apartment where they've got better security. Is there a fucking doorman? Right, or just a buzzer? Like I didn't buzz you up. Don't or come up Or just a door, comma man. <laughs> Evil Ed tells Peter to let him in as he's being chased by a vampire, and Peter obliges. As Peter asks Ed what they should do, Ed shows Peter his neck, showcasing that Jerry has bitten him and turned him into a vampire. Evil Ed tells Peter that he used to admire him, but now he knows he's a fake, and he moves in to suck his blood. And this is when you get another one of those really cool transformation scenes. With the really good special effects where Ed just fucking slowly, his eyes slowly turn like a yellowish red and his fucking fangs get bigger and bigger. Yeah, his teeth are jagged. I think he's probably the most ghoulish looking character in this film. Up until Amy, I would agree with you. Oh, yeah, boy. Peter arms himself with a cross and he puts it on Evil Ed's forehead, burning him and branding like an X shape. 
right on his fucking head oh my god so I, like i'm watching the dvd and then like i get to the, the the scene selection you know what they call that scene peter gets cross with evil ed <laughs> like, i can't even that's the kind of shit we would write i know dude that's a that's a stanley groaner but even he's like oh evil ed fucking rears back he, he fucking gets off of peter and he tells him that the master will kill him for this. Slowly, so slowly. So slowly. And then he fucking bounces out the window. Just fucking jumps out the window and he escapes, fucking leaving Peter Vincent alone. And that's a really cool scene. I love the special effects where they fucking burn him. It's sizzling the entire time. Oh, it's great. This... It really burns deep. It, it looks really good. I... I will always say special effects over CG any fucking day. Yes, practical effects hands down, unless you can bring me a beautiful marriage like Married with Children. Anyway. Back to the nightclub now. Amy tells Charlie that she is scared, and Charlie says he's going to call Peter Vincent for help because, you know, why not, right? He's so helpful earlier. Right. I mean, maybe he's channeling his warfare. Right. We don't know. As Brewster is on the phone, Amy spots Jerry across the club dance floor and is drawn to him like she is in a trance. What really happens is, is Jerry pulls his dick out and swings it back and forth like a metronome, and then fucking the big dick energy gets Amy uh, hypnotized, and she comes out, and then they start fucking they go to freak dance, dancing, yeah. dude. So Jerry and Amy begin to fucking dance as Amy just like further falls into this fucking trance for Jerry. That big dick energy, that's what right? it is. Charlie sees all this shit, and he tries to interrupt it. Like, what's he do? Uh, like, fucking, like, comes in and he fucking goes to throw a punch. He says, hey man, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs> and then fucking Jerry nonchalantly just grabs it up and then like. He fucking absorbs the punch in his fucking hand. Yes, he like puppy walks him around by his little bitch fist and he's just like, you ain't gonna do shit. Right, and then he goes in and he fucking kisses Amy. Jerry tells Brewster that if he wants to see Amy alive, because now she's under the trance, that, that he needs to. That cock magic. Bring Peter Vincent to his house tonight. And across the room now, we get we got two bouncers oh, who fucking buddy. see the commotion going on oh, and buddy. they try to break it up. Jerry then slightly turns into his vampire form, just a little bit, vamping out just a smidgel, right? And he slits the throat of one bouncer. Who is it, buddy? Uh, it is Allie, who uh, plays one of the bikers in Friday the Thirteenth Part What Part Three? Yeah, we have a. An official death. Finally. I, first I, one on screen. I don't have like a cool name for it. Nothing good for this. But he gets his fucking throat nasty slashed. Then chokes the second bouncer to death okay. before fucking tossing him across the room one-handed. So I had to research this a couple different times to figure out that this was actually a death. Um, I thought he just, you know, big black dude got picked up by his neck and fucking thrown across. It's like he like... Cl like crust is fucking like larynx or whatever that is that's in there okay fucking h2o <laughs> all right the other bouncer got bowling ball down the fucking aisle like he's got a good slide you know like he if, does if there he, were like, pins... hits a table and fucking goes across the floor if there were pins involved you know it would have been like a full house so that's bowling terms obviously with these two fucking deaths going on the fucking club freaks out and goes Flips into a fucking the... panic it's like fucking Arnold showed up and started shooting people kind of shit, you know. Sarah Connor. Yes. <laughs> Jerry fucking kidnaps Amy during the commotion as everyone is fleeing fucking every which way. And as Charlie fucking runs outside, we see Evil Ed in the back of Billy's Jeep laughing. 
All right, so I want to address this. As Jerry, Ed, and Amy, and the, Billy drive off. The crew bounce out. So you're telling me that Jerry was in there getting Amy. So what's happening there? You got fucking melted face evil Ed hanging out with Billy. Dude, they're driving around because it's fucking... They're just doing laps? Well, it's prime time for fucking club night, dude. There's no parking, right? And they're not going to pay the $8 to fucking park in the fucking in the, in the the club parking lot when they know they're only going to be there for 10 minutes. All right, you're a crusty valet worker. Valet worker. You roll up, you see fucking hate fuck eyeballs Billy and evil Ed in the backseat. You going to ask him for the keys? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But they're also... Hey... They're vampires, right? They're werewolves, not swearwolves. They're not here to break the rules, okay? They're just driving around. They're like, look, we, we want to murder people, but we don't want to rip off the club, right? This is a local promoter. He's trying to just provide a business you don't and shit a community you service, right? They just want to kidnap the girl. So they're not going to waste the $8 to park, but they're also not going to fight some fucking bouncers. They don't want to flex nuts. They're just like, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to do laps around the block. The nugular flex. Right? You've been dropped off. One time or two, and you're like, all right, go inside and get your buddy. I'll meet you back out here. All right. Well, when your buddy backs around the fucking corner, you're not there. What's he do? He goes back around again and around again and around again three or four times. They come out to the fucking door with your buddy or your girl or whatever you are. It's rescuing. Vampires. So that's what they are doing. They're just fucking going around and around and around the fucking block. They're being good, concerning local citizens. Also, at the same time, they're committing murders. But... Well, I was gonna That's say, more like, Jerry than Billy and, and, and Ed. Well, I mean, yeah, because they're familiars and loyal servants. Yeah, Billy's like, look, I, you know, I understand. And Ed's like, dude, man, I fucking live in this neighborhood, dude. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like fucking, you know, like you said, shit where you, you eat. You don't shit where you yeah. eat. Yeah, it's a popular nightclub. You'd be picking up some drunk folk and shit like that. So they just take it and they drive off. So now we're like an hour into the movie. We've got about 30 minutes left. And it, it's been, it's been a little slow at this point uh, as far as you know, action and things like that. We did just see our first two kills finally on screen, but we've just gotten a lot of characters being introduced, not a ton, but just a little handful and you get a little Baxter in each one. So now this is really when it starts to pick up. So Brewster heads over to Peter Vincent's apartment to tell him what has all transpired at this point. And then he needs him to come to Jerry's house, but Peter is fucking packing his ass and he's leaving town. I mean, shit, dude, you just had Evil Ed come up and, you know, fucking ruckus up your apartment. Fuck your day up. You seen some shit. Peter tells Brewster that he is scared and that Peter Vincent is just a character that he plays and that he tells him, no, he's not going to go. I was kind of waiting for a, if that's even your real name kind of thing. Meanwhile, as all this has taken place... Amy wakes up at Jerry's house on the floor. Oh, boy. In this, like, sex dungeon room that he's got. It's not like a dungeon. It's like an offshoot, like, with a fireplace and, like, a bear rug. It's got that fuck rug. And she's dressed in this, like, white gown. Kind of a Marilyn Monroe-ish situation. As Jerry then begins to put the moves on her. Like they're about to make love. They're going to play suck and fuck in front of that fireplace. (laughs) Jerry then bites Amy on the neck. And begins to turn her into a vampire bride. And I'm starting to turn into a fucking boner here because that was real hot. Now, while this is going on, when Amy's coming too, she's kind of looking around the room. There's the, and then, yes, uh, Jeff is the only person that can see this picture. Do you remember It, Volume 1? Like, the curl Oh, the one? painted lady? Right, dude. That's like, so, when, fuck, that, the, the, the Jewish kid, mm-hmm. what's his name? I said the full word so it doesn't sound bad. Um... He's afraid of that fucking painting, like his rabbi dad's in the new office. It? Yeah, the new yeah. it, not the newer or the newish. Right. 
So there's a painting on the wall that looks like that flute lady, and I got a big chuckle out of that. So as this is all going on now, Charlie's arrived outside, and he's trying to make his way into Jerry's house to save Amy when Peter Vincent does show up, and he is ready to do battle with the undead. He is in fucking kill mode. He is armed with all kinds of bullshit and a gun. You know what I think happened in between these scenes? He fucking guzzled a fifth of whiskey. He's like, I've got my go juice on. Let's do this. And they decide they're going to make their way to Jerry's house. So as our heroes make their way through the house, they try to they try to maybe think about going through the back as the fucking front door gets that creepy, like, <laughs> like come on in, motherfuckers. Opens on its own. And Peter's like, wait. It's like, what's wrong? Nothing. Let's kill motherfuckers. They head inside, and Jerry welcomes them as he starts to come down the main stairs. This and we the get best. the best fucking like line in the whole fucking movie and fucking Jerry comes down. He's making fun of Peter Vincent as he goes, welcome to fright night. Dot, dot, dot for real. Just, Just fucking over enunciating it. Jerry is hamming it up a 100%. It's, it's such a cool scene. Jerry tells Charlie that Amy is upstairs and all he has to do is get by him to save her. Peter tells Jerry to stay back as he flashes a fucking large cross at him. That crucifix, it's like... Right? But Jerry laughs and he crushes it with his fucking bare hands. He's like, you have to have faith. And then fucking Peter's like, duh-ya, duh-ya. Then fucking Brewster pops his crucifix up. And then yep. Jerry's like... Jerry's like, oh shit, <clears throat> retreat! So Jerry fucking makes his way back to retreat as Billy sneaks up and he fucking knocks Brewster out off the fucking stairs. Clobbers him the fuck off the steps, And Peter just like, fuck it. He's losing his shit. And I love it. This is the whole scene. And this is kind of why I'm speculating. Like, is this a master familiar thing? Or maybe those guys be banging on the side. Peter do. fucking just takes He's off. Gone. He, he is gone. He just fucking leaves gone. it. And he heads over to Charlie's house. <laughs> I love this. Peter tries to use the phone at Charlie's house. but realizes the phone lines have been cut. And he decides he wants to go upstairs to check on Charlie's mom, Judy. As Peter wakes up Judy, he sees that it's evil Ed in bed in a shitty fucking raggedy Ann <laughs> Verbatim. That's what right? I have. And they have this fucking crazy fucking dialogue that's really I, I have this written down. All right, so like this is this caught me off guard. Peter Vincent runs at this house he's never fucking been in and starts, you know, screaming for this lady he's never met and runs up into a bedroom that he's never met. And if you've noticed earlier in the movie, he meets a lot of bedrooms. I'm, I'm I mean, sure. he's Peter Vincent. Why I wouldn't mean, he? Right? right? He'd be staking the vans. Vampire Slayer and Vag Slayer. <laughs> um, hold on, give me a second. That kind of got me off guard. But it is weird, right? He's he's like all of a sudden familiar with this fucking house. Right. So he runs upstairs and Peter's like, Mrs. Brewster, my God, the phone lines have been cut. And then evil Ed fucking rolls around. He's like, I know, I did it. <laughs> it's like, where's Charlie's mother? And then it's like, apparently she works nights, but she left a note. <laughs> mm, mm. Dinner's in the oven! And then he makes the best fake vamp. Like, like some JC's haunted house bullshit noise. And then Peter's like, fuck this, I'm out! Like Scooby Doo Bongos. And he runs down the hall, and his old ass fucking smashes into this table. And then from the bedroom comes DeWolf. So Evil Ed chases fucking Peter out of the room, and Peter crashes into the table, and then into like the fucking wooden railing at the top of the stairs. And Evil Ed then transforms into a wolf. So he's not a werewolf. He's a vampire. And vampires can do this. Yeah. They can do wolf form. 
He's not like a full-on fucking like werewolf, like American Werewolf in London kind of thing. He is a fucking actual like coyote fucking looking wolf. Yeah. And he fucking goes to run at Peter to fucking lunge and kill him. But Peter fucking grabs one of the broken pieces of wood from the railing and he stabs him. Flips him over. He hits the chandelier. It is the best fucking Caddy Wampus looking angle. Then uh, F. Ed Wolf. Evil Ed fucking werewolf there. uh, Regular wolf. Regular wolf, yeah. Wolf Ed fucking drops and it's a puppet, but it's the best puppet because it does like this awkward crawl. And the whole time this is going on, they do this. And they're like, you can you can tell the effect. They're like pulling it like on a string off screen to kind of give it, like it a works. little jiggle. And it works, and I love it. And it's got that big ass fucking piece of stare. Oh, like stuck into his yeah, chest. It, in fucking pale. So as Ed is lying on the floor with the wooden rail still in his chest, he's transforming. He starts to transform back into a human, and it's fucking horrifying. Like it's a really good like practical it's effect. Fucking gruesome. And he fucking ends up dying naked alone. Well, did you did you catch that shit? And annoying. In the metamorphosis, like Wolf Ed hybrid is like reaching for Peter, and then like you he's can, like trying to fucking get redemption. Right? He's like, and this Peter like those... reaches for him, and then kind of just like, ew, fuck Wait, you. Yeah, uh-huh. I just realized you tried to kill me. This was one of the neat scenes though, and I I missed this the first time through. Um, when Evil Ed does transform back. The X on his head slowly goes slowly away. goes away, letting you know that he is fully transformed back into a human as he dies. This is a long, painful death scene, but the metamorphosis looks great. And oddly enough, this will be the first of many times Stephen Jeffries will be impaled by a giant wooden thing covered in ooze laid on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Jerry's house, Jerry. What last thing? Uh, Go ahead. Pretty much. Anytime in this movie, Evil Ed is antagonizing antagonizing Peter Vincent. It's like my favorite part of the movie because it's the best. Because they're such their chemistry is so fucking. Evil ridiculous. Ed has such a fucking shit like way about him. Like you just like I said earlier, you just love to hate him, and he's such a good prick. Yeah, he's a good yeah it, verbatim. Yes. So back at Jerry's house, Jerry carries Charlie's unconscious ass into the room where he's been keeping Amy, and he locks him in there. But he leaves a wooden stake. I love how he drops it and it fucking like sticks in the ground. Yep. That's so cool. And he tells Brewster that he will need it just before dawn as he sees that Amy has been turned into a vampire. Do you catch that look he gives him on the way out the door? It's like, by the way, player, I fuck your bitch. <laughs> it's just like, damn. So meanwhile, Peter back at Charlie's house grabs the stake that he used to keep Evil Ed. Oh, that's so awkward. Did you see it? Like he pulls it out and his body kind of blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's awesome. And he heads back over to Jerry's house to kick some ass. And get back his only fan. Well, <laughs> he looks at the house and it's like fucking Billy and 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 Jerry left all the fog machines on. <laughs> and it's just like eerily like ghosty. It's like like a, a fucking Scooby Doo from John Carpenter's The Fog. Right? They're like, oh, did you paint that in glow in the dark paint? And did you like what's with all this fucking fog machines? Somebody turn down the dry ice, please. <laughs> so while that's going on, Peter eventually finds Charlie. Locked in that room. And Peter is officially in 100% fucking kill mode. Yep. The and games he fucking that could be played bust. have been played. He busts him out of the locker room. He's like, it's fucking locked. He's like, Charlie, make up a bunch of noise. Make some noise. So I can fucking knock this motherfucker down. It doesn't seem too suspicious. 
So kicked in the fucking door in the locker room and they check on Amy and cut Jerry the, is yeah. down in the fucking cut basement. To the crew in the basement. Fucking putting in some dirt in a fucking coffin and he yeah. kind of like senses that some shit's going on. You know, I thought he was replanning a FICA. I thought that's <laughs> what it was. I think one of the things and that's what they don't touch on but I guess they maybe like expect you to understand is that dirt from the homeland. Yeah, like vampires sleep in coffins and heal from dirt from the homeland kind of thing. That's how they travel. So if I just eat dirt from my old house, I'm good. You should try it. Like, I won't have all my mental defects. Right. Okay, worth a shot. Yep. So Jerry then kind of senses what's going on and realizes he's got to go upstairs to stop the duo there. Peter and Brewster run into Billy first before Jerry gets there. And Peter warns Billy to back the fuck off. Stand the fuck back because I got my heater and you're going to get some lead poisoning. And he shoots him right in the fucking head. Okay, like, point blank in the middle of the fucking forehead. Yes, that happens. So, like, he unloads on him. He empties his clip like a fucking Jeep. Not yet. So, Peter then falls... I'm sorry, Billy then falls down the stairs. Oh, yes. And this Jerry is awesome. moves in to attack the two, but Brewster busts out that trusty cross from earlier, and Jerry fucking runs away again. You've been around for 800 fucking years. Do you think you'd learn a thing right? or two? And now... Wait a minute. Hold up. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting off off topic for a second. What if you're Jewish, dude? Do you, like, bust out your star of fucking David and that has the same effect? Or, like, does it have to... I mean, like... like I don't know. All right. Are Jewish vampires a thing? I don't know. Okay. And we're back. Maybe that's a movie you should keep to yourself and then you can unleash it and make a billion dollars. Well, that'll be the movie we talk about at the end of this movie. So, while this is going on, you get a good camera, like, shot, like, of those two chasing Jerry away, and it's, like, looking down the stairs, and you see fucking Billy getting up. Yes, and they're, they're like, uh, he's not really dead. And they're completely oblivious. Billy gets back up, and fucking, they turn around, and that's when Peter fucking fills him with more holes. That's right. I swear to God, he shoots him in the fucking eyeball or something, because his eye looks really weird. No, 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 they just shoots him more in the chest, like in the chest area, like unloads that revolver. It's like a six-shooter kind of thing. But I'm pretty sure, he shot him, he shot him six times! And then, Charlie's got that wooden stake from earlier that was in the room, and he fucking stabs Billy in the heart. This is fucking awesome! And Billy doesn't like that. <laughs> no Billy does not and like he doesn't like fucking like blow apart or anything like that like Buffy the Vampire kind of things or the Lost Boys he fucking like stands there takes it and he fucking starts to melt like Dude. his skin fucking melts and his fucking bones turn to dust it's screwy and I love it it's really cool it's like that scene in Street Trash where they fucking drink the fucking the liquor and they fucking melt it's like he's it's Tenebrae Viper yeah, uh-huh. it's like his blood's not green. He starts to melt like green ooze and his fucking bones like start to fucking turn to dust and blow away. It's and all, gruesome. All that's left is like a fucking like little skull. So th- this like you're, what you're led to believe at this point is like Billy is like a zombie or a ghoul or something. He's all like right. some sort of like vampire. This familiar. is what I wanted to tackle. So like clearly Billy's not a vampire because you see him in the daylight. Right. Exactly. He all goes right. outside in the sun. That's where he catches Brewster. Really. Yes. Alright, and then so when I say zombie, I don't mean zombie zombie like Romero zombie. I'm talking like maybe an old kind of Haitian voodoo thing, but he's not brainwashed. Right. So, and then I guess that kind of leads us to the weird familiar, like, not Rimsfield, uh, Renfield, right? Dracula kind of shit? I think that maybe Jerry had killed Billy previously 
at some point and then brought him back to life with some sort of vampire magic. Oh, shit. Is it his big dick vampire magic or is it more of a Blade thing? Remember in Blade, another kick-ass vampire movie, when they meet the doctor uh, from like the, the in the very beginning with the whole blood thing mm-hmm. when old girl gets bit. So he becomes like a ghoul. He's like, oh, I can still talk, but I'm all ghouly and shit. And it's like when you... Kind yeah, of, you, you don't get a good... You don't empty the tank. You leave a little bit in there, and then they get all fucking... I don't know. Yeah, you don't get a good, like, reason as to why Billy can go out in the sun and why he is the way that he is. But clearly, yeah, he's not... he can take a bullet to the fucking brain, which, if he was a zombie... Corpse mode. Would have stopped him. Corpse, corpse mode. Right. So, something else is going on, but the stake to the with, heart I'm does with stop ghoul. him. Oh, I would and... say ghoul. Oh, shit. Death number six... Evil Ed, sorry, a little late. Stick through the heart, it you're to blame. <laughs> this this movie was not easy with my kill punts. All right, well now we're at number seven then, which would be Billy. I was gonna have a uh, what? Um, yeah, I, I left it to think on the fly. Good idea. Hold up, let me get some brain time. I can be real quick. I think of a good one. Um, good help is hard to find. There you go, <laughs> Billy Cole. So Brewster and Peter go to check on Amy now and see that she is deep in her transformation. Jerry from elsewhere commands her with his vampire powers to awake and kill Charlie and Peter. Peter locks Amy in the room as Charlie goes to look for Jerry. Jerry instead finds these two. He crashes through this giant fucking like stained glass window that overlooks the fucking stairs and he attacks Peter. Peter holds Jerry off with this cross that he's now got fucking true faith. And dawn then fucking starts to come. That's right. Through the window. And as the sun begins to shine and rise through the large window that Jerry just fucking oh, smashed. All the alarm clocks go off too. He transforms. Yeah. There's a ton of fucking clocks in there. It's like the TikTok. To like let him Lewis. know that like fucking dawn has arrived. And who's, which is like, dude, how do you. Dawn? I, I didn't hear that. Character. How do you set? How do you set those? Because like the sun. That's what rises, Billy did, man. That was his thing every day was to move it like an extra three minutes back and forth. Right. I mean, as yeah. the seasons change. You know what he was? He was a clock master. That's a whole thing we don't even fucking know about. <laughs> That's some Castlevania shit. Jerry transforms now as the sun is coming up into a large bat. And this is really interesting as far as the movie goes, because this was originally the monstrous form for the librarian in the original Ghostbusters movie, but they felt that it was too scary so the effects crew set it aside, and that's when you get that kind of goofy, ghoulish form when they're, like, in Ghostbusters, and they're like, one, two, three. Get her! And then she and fucking, like, like she got kinda, crazy teeth and her fucking hair goes back like and her a, eyes get big. a gorilla-ish. Right. It has apen features. And she's, like, still, like, ghostly and see-through. So yeah. this, this bat creature was originally going to be her form, and they thought that it was too scary for the movie, so they just set it aside, and then... As they were making this movie, they were like, you know what? That's actually really good. We're going to use it. So that's what you get here is when Jerry transforms into that large bat. It's it's a creature that's left over from the Ghostbusters movie. He then attacks Peter. Okay. Peter grabs the bat, and they're fucking wrestling with each other. And he fucking holds it up into the sunlight where it gets fucking well, he, burned. Well, he grabs one of fucking Billy's bones and jams it as its mouth as it's about ready to take a bite out of him. Then yeah. he hoists it up to the it's sun. It's a good fucking fight scene. All right, so... And he gets burnt by the sun, and then he fucking flies off into the basement of the Do house. you have it in your notes? Because I do. Um, so Charlie jumps in to give fucking Peter a hand and you know what, uh, Jerry's vampire bat form does bites his motherfucking arm. 
God, it's like if they made a sequel to this movie, that might pay off or something. No, because that doesn't come back at any point anyway. Plus, he wasn't. He was just biting him in, in defense. I don't think he was like trying to suck his blood. Dude, I don't know, man. I think any protocol, if a zombie sneezes on you, you turn into a zombie well, or I whatever. I get so... Only from what I can recall at this particular moment, there's only one movie that I can think of where you can get bitten elsewhere and turn into a vampire, and that's the Jim Carrey once bitten movie where he gets bitten in the thigh. But he doesn't turn. He gets bitten. He has to be bitten like three or four times on his thigh near his I'm, dick before I'm he's not transformed. dying on a hill for that fucking movie. I'm just saying. But Blade 3, Parker Posey had a vampire pussy, apparently. I don't really think that that was actually a thing. Because he said her fangs were in her vagina, but they were clearly in her mouth as well. Okay, I'm shifting gears real quick. <laughs> There's a scene of Blade 3. I think it's a deleted scene. A deleted. It's like deleted. No, but... he says, he's like, but her her fangs I were was her... in her vagina. in her no, like when Parker Posey and Triple H show up and they talk to like the security guard, it's just like, hi, we're here to fuck your whole day up. And then just like your fucking vampire squad rolls up. That's awesome. I fucking love Blade 3. Said the only person on the planet that's defending Blade 3 ever. Peter, and we're back. <laughs> Peter and Brewster quickly follow Jerry and they look for Jerry's coffin as they assume he's probably in there. As Amy then makes her way down into the basement and finds Charlie. Amy tries to trick Charlie that, you know, like, you left me and I got turned into a vampire as she moves in for the kill with these fucking huge... So, so she fronts to Brewster like, eh, then he pulls a cross on her, like, Bwam. then she flips around, she's covering her face, then she pulls out... What do, hold up, I actually have They're a fucking, specific thing for those. Shark teeth. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when she shows up, she has long red hair which she has never had in this entire movie. Because... It's been, so it's actually been steadily growing. If you look at the different scenes that she's laying on the ground, stuff like that, her hair has been steadily growing. I was going to say, because the movie starts out with Amy having popple hair. Mm -hmm. And that's a callback. It is that way until she gets bitten. Yeah, and, first and then moment she that... grows fucking double D tits. Yeah, and okay. long hair. Yes. I think it's like she's maybe transforming into whatever the picture was that Jerry had, which was probably his original vampire bride. His OG ho. But... This scene, when she turns around with her Jaws mouth, yes. is the most terrifying scene of not only this movie. You didn't see it coming. It's probably one of the top ten scariest fucking like monsters on screen. This thing, and it's not there for very long, but man is it terrifying. Even to this day, it is still very fucking unsettling. I love this practical effect. It is so cool. She is so just terrifying looking i there's just no good word to fucking describe it it's fucking so eerie and disgusting and awesome all at the fucking same time and this is fucking 1985 i love this scene i have amy turns around to reveals her violator from spawn mouth and 110 marcy darcy's and goes ham all over the fuck on charlie she is fucking crazy and she's got these huge red eyes and this mouth is Wait, both is this the same year as return of the living dead yeah. Okay, because the Quigs does the same shit. Do you think that's Hers the... isn't as good, though. No, no. It looks like she's got eight double chins yeah. and a bunch of spooky teeth. I mean, clearly this is the better special effect. And but... the neat part about that special effect was that they, at this point, ran out of money. <laughs> and Tom Holland told the special effects guys, like, look, this is the effect I'm looking for. He's like, all right, 
I'm going to go make like a shark mouth kind of thing. We don't have any money. I'll do it over the weekend. We'll put it back. He's like, it's not going to be great. Don't focus on it too much. Yeah, like have it happen in the background kind of thing because it's not going to be great looking. But 35 years later, this fucking thing is still terrifying. It holds up. This is the goddamn artwork on almost every fucking oh poster, my God, right, yeah. DVD, Blu-ray. It's that ghostly fucking visage. It's like over fucking Jerry and fucking Charlie's fucking house. It's so cool. It is, man, I just, I cannot fucking suck the dick of this fucking scene enough. Like, it is just so great. I love it so much. She is terrifying. At this time, P- Peter Scooby-Doo's the fucking fake wall open to yeah, reveal. Yeah, he finds a coffin in like a secret fucking room. Um, he like turned the fucking light sconce over and then like it spilled wax on the carpet. He heard, put the candle back. (laughs) (laughs) So he finds this into a fucking, he finds Jerry's coffin in the secret room as he's trying to break into the coffin and kill him. Peter finally gets the coffin open and he sees Jerry's fucking just straight resting. He's asleep, right? As Amy gets the better of Charlie and is about to fucking kill him. Chomp down. Jerry wakes up from all the commotion, and Peter hammers a wooden stake through Jerry's heart, right? And he's got it the right way. Almost! But it's not enough to kill him. He doesn't get it deep enough, because no blood fucking money shots on his face. Jerry boners out of the coffin. Classic fucking Dracula stands up like a fucking boner. Grabs the stake out of his heart, like, throws it on the ground, like, nice try, bitch. Charlie then uses all this fucking distraction to break the windows in the basement and flood the room as much as he can with sunlight and Peter sees what he's doing and he does the same thing. Right. So the room is now full of sunlight. Jerry tries to hide back in the coffin as Brewster opens a hidden like curtain a tapestry. Yeah. Some like that's behind the fucking coffin. And he fills that room with sunlight full blast. Jerry fucking takes Blows him across the right? fucking room. Like fucking diehard. Like he fucking takes it full blast. And it's like an explosion. He's like, just fucking across the goddamn room. He flies. Would across you say the room. Jerry is walking on sunshine? <laughs> He bursts into flames and finally dies as Peter and Charlie run over to check on Amy, who has now been reverted back to her human form and is no longer a vampire as her master has been killed. As protocol. And the whole time, Jerry is fucking like, it's not just a syphilo, ah, I'm dead. He's like, he turns to this giant skeletal bat demon and there's all this green fire and it's, it's metal as fuck. It's cool. These, these practical effects are just fantastic. Yes. So then we flash forward and we see that Jerry's house is up for sale again as Brewster and Amy are making out in his room next door. On the bed! Right? This time. And they're watching Friday Night Theater. And they are full on penetration. Who is back as the host of the Fright Night once again and introduces a new movie to Fright Night called Mars Wants Flesh. And he comments that he does not star in it. Well, what's, what's the movie about? It's some aliens that show up at a summer camp? Yep. Dude, isn't that the final tear? Like, do you remember that movie? The I fi- don't. Oh shit. Well, I'll tell you off. off okay. Uh, off right I don't. Now. Yeah, I don't know the final tear. It's kind of cool. So Charlie goes to turn the TV off, and he notices two red eyes watching him from the old house next door in the upstairs bedroom. But he disregards it as nothing, and he gets back into bed with Amy. As the camera zooms in on the window of the old house, we hear Eva Led laugh. What do you say? And say, "You're so cool, Brewster." Before the credits roll. Scene. Do you want to hear something crazy? Go for it. So they didn't film it, but they uh they um this was an alternate ending that was going to occur. Mm-hmm. So everything goes down the way it's supposed to, and um Amy and Charlie are watching Fright Night, 
And it's like for real. For real. And then um Peter Vincent's on camera and he goes Yes, Charlie, because we wouldn't want to see any real vampires anymore. And then he turns into a fucking vampire. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Kind of like the howling. But uh, I'm glad they didn't go with that ending because... You smell that? That's a sequel, so you don't want to fuck up your dynamic. Even though they did fuck up the dynamic in the second movie. But anyway... We'll get to that. Yeah. Hey, Nachos. What's up? You want to see a dead body? Oh, let's get him. So we've got eight deaths in this kill count. Five of them on screen. Number one, unnamed man, vampire bite, then decapitated. Yeah, decapitations for the first three. Number two, Cheryl Lane. That's the hooker. No, that's number three, dog. Nope. Uh Uh-uh, here. Number two, Cheryl Lane, vampire bite, and decapitated. Number three is the teenager, the boobies that you see. Oh. Vampire bite and decapitated off scene. Well, the uh, Night Fright Wikipedia said otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, well, we literally went over the movie. Unnamed man, number one, vampire, bite, decapitated. Cheryl Lane, the hooker, number two, and that's when you get the burger in the face. I got big nips. Number three, that's the teenager. You're right, you're right, you're right. Shut up with your fucking logic. I mean, I'm only the host, but what do I know? Number four, bouncer number one, Ali. Ali, yeah. His throat was slit. Bouncer number two, choke slammed to death. Yeah, fucking gave him the Irish bowling ball down the center aisle. Right, that's number five. Number six, you got Evil Ed. Stake through the Stake heart. Stake to the heart. Billy Cole, number seven, stake to the heart. And then number eight, Jerry Dandridge, stake to the heart, and then burned to death by sunlight. Walking on sunshine. So, like, that movie's fucking great. Nachos, it- what was your favorite kill? Oh, fuck, dude. Um... Evil Ed. Yeah, I got the same thing. Go ahead. Tell me about it. You get a series of transformations, and I mean, A, it's gruesome. I mean, fucking Ed is... Hold up. Let me get some speaking sauce in me. Hit me. Cheers! All right. So, Evil Ed is a gruesome character, and, like, he doesn't... It just... His... From normal to insane-looking monster beast in no time, and apparently if you are a vampire for no less than two hours, you've mastered every transformation. If you've played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, you know finding all those little orbs and relics is quite the pain in the ass. But that's a human that's finding them. I would assume that if you turned, you probably just know what to do. Alcard? The son of Dracula. He was depowered. At yeah, the beginning that's of Symphony of the Night. That's, By mean, death himself. He had all those powers, and was they were taken away. That's why he had to find them again. Well, fuck, if anybody's going to nerf you, it's probably going to be death. Yeah. Anyway. You got any more holes you want me to poke? Get a couple drinks in me. <laughs> what, are we going to get Stephen Jeffries here himself? So no. go ahead, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so, like, I don't know. His fucking, just that death scene, like, that weird transmute where he's got, like, his strong hand and he's reaching out and just it's gruesome and you could just kind of tell like in ed's face as he's turning back into human this is not what he signed up for and then he did get bit dispatched like a fucking bitch i got the same thing uh evil ed i just think that, i mean there's not a lot of deaths on screen right yeah that's jerry's kind of the is cool. downfall of this movie it's it, jerry's is fun it's very action-packed with the whole explosion and the whole transformation and blowing it's up. just like a castlevania game there's multiple different incarnations you have to fight and it's like it. that crazy Gah! like fucking shout as it happens 
But Evil Ed's, it's just so cool. And as you watch him transform, it's and it's very slow. unsettling. It's very That's slow. what gets me, is that it's so slow. He's like leaning up against the wall for a little bit. Like, oh, he's, it, like it's like a cop who's been shot and die hard. And he's like, oh, he's making two weeks from retirement. This, like, death rattle. Should have worn my bulletproof like, vest kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. I like it a whole bunch. And, he, and he's still in wolf form at this point. Yes. And at that point, technically, he looks like a werewolf, not so much a wolf. He kinda, he's like a man wolf there, and he it's really cool. Looks like when uh, and he's like sweaty and wet. Oh, like, everybody's sweaty and wet in this fucking movie. It's the eighties when D Wallace. They got that so glow. <laughs> I was gonna say, remember in the Howling when D Wallace, like at the, nope, not even talking about, it, not even gonna ruin it. Uh, yeah, so Evil Ed shit is fucking gruesome. If I had to give her a run it up, a runner up, what what do you think? Is it is it Jerry or fucking Billy? Oh, Billy. Billy. Hands down. I actually, I had to go back and forth between Evil Ed and Billy. I, I actually thought that you would choose Evil Ed, so I was actually going to take Billy just because it's so much cooler. But watching it, I'm like, man, it's gruesome, dude. It's almost Ed's like is just uh, good. I, Billy's I, is is fun, but it, yes, it, it's it's quick. Yes, it, it's neat, but it leaves you asking more questions about the scene than it does about going. Damn, that was really great. And Evil Ed's was just it kind of hits me. Billy Cole's death kind of hits me with like a Raiders of the Lost Art kind of or like a Last Nazis Crusade, fucking... Last Crusade, like when dude turns to the set, he's like, Aah. yeah. It was good. You ready for some stuff you should know? Um, no, actually, I want to talk about Jerry's death, like how that was triumphant. That felt good. That was like. Killing a boss in a video game kind of thing. Jerry really, really earned it. What's his sister's name? I don't know. We'll get there. Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) So, stuff you should know. The part of Peter Vincent was based on Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. It's right there in the name. Holy shit. Well, it was actually originally written for Vincent Price, but... Vincent Price. Vincent Price and his nephew, Cody. Cody. Felt that he was too old to play the character, and he didn't feel like he could do it justice. So they did. They brought in Roddy McDowell. Yeah. And at this point, I believe Peter Cushing was dead, so mm. he couldn't have done it. Yeah, I think he corpsed out not too far after uh, Star Wars. Charlie Sheen originally auditioned for the role of Charlie Brewster, but the director decided that his looks weren't right for the character, and there wasn't enough cocaine budget. But think about that. In 1985, you're like, no, you're not right for this look wise. Well, what did Charlie Sheen do at that? I think like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, maybe Platoon. Uh, I you know what I couldn't tell you when Platoon was. Yeah, sh- yeah. I don't know. It's eighty five. That's got to be somewhere in the middle. I think it's yeah. I think it he had already had his like started his stardom because he was. What was his first? Movie? His it was like a when he did. Oh my Ferris Bueller's. I think is, it was like a favor sort of thing. Is it the Wraith? I don't know. I think that's later on. Whatever. Anyway. So frustrated that they'd never been asked to do DVD extras, which we bitched about earlier. Nonstop. Always going to bitch about it. All the principal cast members, except for Amanda Beers, who was unavailable at the time, recorded two pirate commentaries for this website where you could download these commentaries and then play them on your computer while you fucking watch the movie. Yeah, like fucking like. Like Dark Side of the fucking Rainbow kind of shit. Moon. Well, Dark Side of the Moon is is the album. Dark Side of the Rainbow with Wizard of Oz. Ooh, classes in session because I just got fucking school. Right. <laughs> so they were released as free MP3s on the Icons of Fright website in 2008, but due to a contractual stipulation, Sony 
dropped the fucking hammer. Distributor of the Twilight Times will say be able to produce original content for their 30th anniversary releases. So, all the way up to the even current one, <clears throat> you still get the pirated commentaries. Good, good, So, good. all the commentaries from the Twilight Time releases for the Blu-ray on up to now, you still get the pirate ones. And, and they're fun. They're really cool. And they even bitch about how they were never asked to come back and do that kind of shit. And that includes, like... All of them. It's just so fun. This was the first vampire film to spend over $1 million on special effects. Holy shit! Uh, as we talked about earlier, the puppet that was created for the Ghost Librarian's Monstrous Vigids in Ghostbusters, which was released in 1984, this was the same special effects studio. Same, yeah, same uh, rejected it because it was too terrifying for at the time, which was a PG movie. Dude, I don't know. Ghostbusters has some fucking straight-up terrifying right? shit. So when the crew went to work, uh, on the film, they realized oh that this rejected model kind of resembled the vampire bat, so they decided they instead of creating one, they would just use it. Yeah, tweak it, dude. You're good. Yep. And they they made two of them based off the original, and they blew up the original by accident <laughs> in the fiery destruction and kept the remake. Um... This film was filmed on the same Disney backlot as The Burbs. Uh, I, the Burbs? I was going to say Monster Squad, because that fucking... Well, I, I don't guess know if it's Monster Squad. I, I don't know. Could be, but this was definitely filmed on the same Disney studio backlot as the Burbs. I thought that was Universal, homie. But filmed on the same studio backlot. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. as we talked about earlier, there's a 2016 You're So Cool Brewster documentary about Fright Night 1 and 2, which we should definitely I think it's check on out. Amazon Prime. I don't know. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's If, if you liked this movie... It'll make you like this movie a hell of a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. So, Nachos, any final thoughts on your final cuts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I got one. Let's break it down for a second. So, who's the real villain in this fucking movie? Ah, okay. No, no. Let's do the math here. Evil Ed. No. Fucking Brewster's the real villain in this movie. Do you want to know why? Jerry Dandridge is a kick-ass vampire. If you found out your neighbor was a vampire, and he was, like, cool as shit, like Jerry, like, horror movies, a cult, he's a fucking vampire? Uh, No doubt he's a history teacher, because he fucking lived through it. I mean, if you set up the golden rule, like, don't try to eat me, dog, and, like, he's... You know what? He, he's just taking out sex workers and homeless people and shitty teenagers. I'm all for that. Drink them dry so they don't come back as vampires. I disagree. I'm not done here. I'm not done here. Hold up. Uh, did, did you bring in my soap crate so I can stand on it real quick? I just, but let me interject no, real quick. No, no, no. No, no. Let me no, interject let, real quick. Let me tirate no. all the way through. No. I want to stop you here for just one second. Give me that genius juice. I'm not cutting into mine. Actually, drink more. And you can you finish yours. Need it. But... I understand what you're saying, but here's my argument. My counterpoint is that, yes, he it's is moot, sir. a vampire. If you were to say, hey, you're going to fill yourself on hookers and drug addicts, maybe we could live together. But here's the problem. Like Cassidy from Preacher? How many of these type of movies where you're seeing where it's like, you just keep having fucking cow blood and shit like that. Like in Blade, where it's like, I'm getting fucking tired of cow blood. I got to get me some fucking good humans. Dude, that's fine. I ain't a good human. I ain't got to worry about that shit. I probably taste like cat piss motor oil. <laughs> Am I you're wrong? better. You're better than what they're feeding on. I'm just saying, continue, but you're... Oh. 
All right, your man's have, gonna run out, and it, he's gonna he's gonna want he's gonna want some prime rib. You know what? You fucking bounce out to the next berg and let him fucking suck this joint dry, which apparently wouldn't be a very bad idea. <clears throat> uh, all right. So my whole thing is, how many fucking warnings does Jerry give Brewster this entire movie? Like four or five. It's like five, yeah. Yeah. You're mm. a vampire in this scenario. You're practically a god. You you can fucking big dick energy chicks or whatever into you know your fucking mind manipulation you can backslap a motherfucker tear his throat out whatever and you are letting bulimic bruce campbell next door fucking run the show that's horse shit you've already established vampire dominance by coming in saying i could fuck your mom i ain't gonna fuck your mom i respect you we can co-op bro op this shit you got some douchebag you don't like in high school that's giving you a hard time i'm gonna drain him like a fucking capri sun Anyway, Charlie's the fucking asshole here, because at no point was he after Amy until Charlie started acting like a piece of shit and douchebag bad neighbor. You know what Charlie didn't do? Bring him a fucking cake. Well, that's bad. That's unneighborly. Because you know Jerry would have brought him an apple cobbler. If Jerry would have saw Amy, because he would have fallen for her either way, because you get that whole connection with the painting, and he talks about it a little bit later. About how she looks like somebody that he had been Yeah, with but before. she clearly didn't. And, I, and I'm taking a jab at the movie on this. But Jerry actually says, looks just like her, doesn't it? So, you like know what? Boost. At some point, Amy was going to get sh- sick of Charlie's shit and dump his ass. And then... We don't know that. Charlie only got distracted by fucking coffin-carrying villains and fucking dead hookers missing Whoa, their heads. watch how you're throwing that fucking word around. Villains? That's our word. Yeah, don't be a... Stickley's big stifferson. So your final thoughts, sir. Oh, um dude, I think they could probably remake this movie at least three different times. Just kidding. Uh no, if I gave it, I gave it uh I'll give it I'll give it ten, I'll give it Ah shit. I, I gotta think. I gotta think. I gotta think. I'll think of it. I got. I think. Uh, I'll go, and you think of yours. All right, go ahead. So, I love this movie. I this is one of the ones where I've, I've seen it several times. I watched it before I watched it again and took the notes. So I watched it. I hadn't seen it maybe a year. Watched it all the way through. Waited a couple days. Watched it again just to take the notes because I knew that if I watched this and tried to take the notes, I'd be too fucking distracted by the movie because it is so enjoyable. Enamored. That I would not have been able to take good notes. I got eight pages here, right? So I knew that I had to do this. You have a a hearty pamphlet, sir. (laughs) Stephen King has written less than this. So I love this fucking movie. I can't say it enough. I love the special effects, like all the practical stuff. I'm a big practical effects guy. And this is not a Savini effect kind of thing, which I just love to suck off. You know what? We're dropping the ball here. Who did special effects for this? I'd have to look that up. Honestly, I don't know, and I feel bad for not knowing because they are that good, and I'm talking about them that much. Is it Steve Johnson? I don't know. I think... think I'll tell you what. You... You, you keep talking about him. Give me just one second. Right. I'm going to look it up. All right. I'm, I'm going to buy some time. Uh, I'm going to filler over here. <laughs> Filler-buster. <laughs> well, actually, I'll keep going. I'll All right. keep going. It's so, Steve Johnson. I'm pretty sure it's Steve Johnson. I think that dude did a... Um, yeah. Well, like, what, like, what I love the most is, like, the, the vampire transformations and things like that. Ooh. Amy's 
is the most terrifying to this day. Well, how, it many, is still how many levels would you say Amy gets? Well, she gets like her standard, standard vamp. Right. Uh, I, I think it's like she kind of super saints as her hair grows, kind of thing, and her tits and her mouth. Uh, I think Jerry, outside of Bat transformation, probably has. Is it Steve Jensen? I actually cannot find it. Uh, at least not through a basic Google search. We'll have, to, we'll have to dive deep into that one day. We'll have to do like an episode of special. Yeah, you know what? That's it. that's um our introspective it, right but to bring it back it has some of the best that i've ever seen like for practicals especially in the mid to early 80s her transformation still holds up to this day when she looks at the camera and she stares you down and even though the guy's like hey, buddy i don't think there's a shitty effect in this movie no she's he's like don't focus in on that too much i only did it over the fucking weekend but it's the best one it is the fucking best one your best work was done in a fucking 48 hour fucking period it is terrifying it is horrifying and it still holds up it is so scary you cannot show this image to anybody and be like hey does that make you fucking comfortable fuck no you're like damn that's good is that new is that old what is that that's fucking so fantastic i love it so much i don't think there's a bad practical effect in this movie what's the weakest one probably billy melting no but that's still awesome then you get, you know, just the whole modern day version of vampires and Dracula in general. Instead of capes, you've got trench coats and all that good shit. You've got Jerry who's eating apples the whole time, which was really fun. I we can didn't explain talk about that. This. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we're, we're prattling on. So he is through the whole fucking movie. He is like Jerry Dandridge is constantly eating fucking apples. So the way they break that down is, is that, I mean, also your quintessential villain. It's, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe that breaks down to almost kind of an old. He's like test. a shtick. Sort of like maybe smoking a cigarette or something, but this is a little bit different. But it's, it's in good. the 80s, so it's like a healthy thing. Uh, I, so I think they break it down as just like um, eating apples. And I think that almost has like a biblical tie into like the serpent and the apple and all that mm-hmm. that nonsense and uh, whatnot. So, but but uh, uh, Tom Holland's like, all right, so here's your character basis. Let's have a little, um, you know, y- you take your own character development. We'll figure it out. And then Chris Rannon's like, well, the majority of uh, bats aren't. I don't know why I'm like like me. Yeah, yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not vampire bats. The majority of bats are fruit bats. Which, by the way, if you've seen a fruit bat, they look like flying dogs. You just want to catch one and hold it and pet it and like, fucking big and though. fucking lineate and just <laughs> oh shit, I broke my precious pet. Um, but anyway, so that's what that's what he got that from, and that's <laughs> why some mice and men. <laughs> um. So that's kind of what you know Chris brought to the table on that. Um, he did. He says like, "Hey, they're mostly fruit bats, so he is fucking eating apples the whole time." We talk about the apple like once or twice. You know what? I finally got it. I give it ten out of ten fright nights. For real. I give it nine out of ten cool Brewsters. And here's the thing: I would love uh, to give it ten out of ten. I want to give it a ten out of ten. It is almost. Almost there. Side note, we're looking for a new host because Jeff doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's so close. It's like 9.5, 9.8 even. Give me a 10. I'm not giving you a 10. All right. Because it's not perfect. The weakest part of this movie. The kills. No. No. It's actually the way Roddy McDowell comes and goes. Where he gets convinced that vampires are real. Then he gets scared. Then he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. And then he's like, 
you know what? I am going to help you. There's there's like a missing part to this movie that I feel that could really benefit. All right. Some sort of montage. It's the 80s, right? You know, Holy something. Holy shit. Where's our 80s montage? All right. Something 9.5. Gonna need a montage. Where fucking Peter Vincent gets Monster convinced that, right? That, 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 you know. He's got to fucking help these people. That's the that's the weakest point. He just decides, no, I'm not going to help you. You know what his incentive was? Oh, wait, $500 fucking uh, savings bond. No, he's already got that. Which in the 80s was like... Even if he did like had the throwaway dad like, like, Charlie, you're my only fan. Whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know Evil Ed was watching that shit too, though. Something to help that out. That is the only thing that I want to say. Other than that, it would have been a solid 10. I love this movie. It is just one of the coolest things. All right, you can do this movie. I would love to see it remade, but not the 2011 remake or the other remake after that. What the fuck is it? That's a conversation. That That's a colored horse for another race. Yeah, that's uh, a horse of a different pe- color. Yeah, is that what people say? I don't, I don't know. There is a sequel, Fright Night Part 2, that does have Charlie Brewster, uh, you know, and Peter William Dragsdale, and then, yeah, and then Roddy McDowell. And Jerry's both sister back. shows up, and her name is like Jerry with an I or something. Yeah. Oh, and Uncle Rico's in it. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Uh, did you ever see um, My Boyfriend's Back? I have, yeah. Sean Cunningham. So it's that chick. Her name's like, what's her fucking name, dude? I don't know. Oh, that's a good one. So she's in it, and, like, she's the new love interest. And there's a weird, like, AIDS taboo. It's weird. So it's it's a sequel. It's Charlie's in college, and he's been convinced through therapy that there are no vampires. Right, but then, like, Peter mm-hmm. Vince is like, Charlie, remember that time we killed a vampire? He's like, no, man, the doctor but said But then I- later on, Peter Vincent is also convinced that there are no vampires. And Charlie has to convince him. It, there's a whole lot of back and forth that doesn't make sense. Which it's really kind of some poop boops. But you do get like Brian Thompson, one of his first roles as a vampire. Oh, uh, Uncle Rico, uh, yeah. who's like a not a werewolf. Uh, he's like one of those weird Asian werewolf things. It's it's odd. You know what? Fucking shifting gears. Uh, it's not done by Tom Holland. It's it's not no. terrible, but it's not great. Oh, but it is better than the 2011 bad. remake. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it's sequel. Dude, okay, all right. So fuck all that shit. We're not talking about any of the sequels. Would you say Fright Night is in one of your top five vampire movies? Yes. Okay, but I'd say it's in top three, probably top two. I was gonna say, uh, give give me another. What's in these ranks? So if I were to pick top three, because I don't want to do top five here, we'd go all night. I would say top three, and in no particular order. Fright Night. I love that movie. We should review it. The original Dracula. Dracula. And then... Man. It's kind of a toss-up. Okay, think of the 80s, dum-dum. I, yeah, I mean, I understand. Yeah, I know where you're going with it, but... I'd, I'd, have, to, I'd have to say Blade over Lost Boys. Oh, shit. Mikey likes some Blade. Blade is good. Blade is a fun vampire movie. It is not a horror movie. It is a comic book movie. But damn, is it graphic and it's bloody. You should like take your glasses and actually actually slide them up through your fucking like bridge of your nose. Hit me. Top three. Go. Uh, dude. All right. So straight up Blade. Mm-hmm. Trinity. The best movie ever made. <laughs> no. Okay. So Blade. Fucking Fright Night. And I feel like I feel like I'm missing an easy one. Not a popular one, an easy one. For me, it's hard not to love the original Dracula with the whole line with, I never drink wine. What about Near Dark? 
Your dark's good. Okay, I haven't seen him forever, but I'm just. I mean, night. Uh, what is it? Not not Nightflyer, but uh, oh, it is Nightflyer. Nightflyer, the Stephen King one. That's uh, a fucking crazy vampire. Yeah, one. that's a Mick Garris TV movie. <laughs> I that think is it's not a TV, TV movie. Mo- that is not a TV movie. All right, let's talk about the motherfucking soundtrack, dog. All right, before we head out, dude. Soundtrack. This thing is intense. Uh, so like, oh, shit. I, you can't play it on your phone, otherwise it won't make sense. I know, like. So there's like four big songs. As soon as I say it, I was driving around listening to it today, dude. And so there's this song called like Armies of the Night, which sounds metal as fuck. But when you hear it, it's just like the most bubblegum poppy bullshit. So you got the Jay Giles band. You've yes. got Autograph. <laughs> April Wine. Devo. The Fabulous Fontaines. White Sister. It's a very 80s fucking soundtrack. Oh my God. But it. It is good. Fuck. It is good. It is one of the few times where we'll be like, check this fucking soundtrack out. It is very enjoyable. Um. Well, I mean, do we wrap it on that, or do like we plug something else? That's or? all I've got, buddy. Other than that, uh, definitely want to say, check us out on Podbean, as we normally host our stuff. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, any place that you fucking get your podcasts, you can fucking find us. Also, we want to talk about Destroy the Brain. Oh, destroy the brain! It's um, it's a local St. Louis kind of fuck. I think it's like a whole full blown like um, uh, uh, uh it's like a media web, conglomerate website. Yeah, like so they have a podcast, it's, which is uh, uh, we have to talk about horror. Or let's well, talk we, about horror. We need to talk about horror. I love we're doing such a good job of like plugging eight different people's <laughs> shit without actually hitting the one we need. We need to talk about horror. That's what it is. There it is. And um. Dude, uh, so they do the the fucking late late night grindhouse, which if you've never been, I think they're at the despairs. Um, they used to do them at the high point. Yeah, then they got back t- in the day. Then the fucking high point got too snooty for their own good, right? And then they were doing at the moolah, which was fucking baller because do the moolah, but then was fun. I don't know. I, I I don't know the deets. None of my business. Um, but then, but I know I'm pretty sure they're doing them now at the Despairs next to the Trader Joe's, all the way off. I think off of Manchester Road, up in Saint Louis. In Despair, Despairs, yeah. Desperes? No, no, Despairs. Sure. You seen that river? It's fucking Despairs. <laughs> it's fucking no bueno, dude. Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck all out. All right, I'm t- all right. Almost done. Almost done. Um, Dude, their shit's good, and if you guys got a problem with any of the shit we talk about... Yeah, if you guys got a fucking issue, you don't like what we gotta fucking say, where can you find us? Yeah, Big Toughies. So, um, I think this... On the 13th of October. October 13th. It ain't no Friday, you lucky ducks. It's a Sunday. Sunday. In Bevel, aka... Bell Vegas. Bell Vegas, Smellinois, Illinois, we're gonna be at the, uh, Skyline... Skyview. Skyview Drive-In... Uh, they're having a horror movie marathon. It's their Slash Fest. Dude. Which is their last run of movies before they close down for the season. They host two types of movies on each screen. They have a like a PG section and a R-rated section. Uh, on the PG section, I think they have Paranorman, Adam's Family and Values. And then always the Rocky Horror Picture, and then Rocky Horror Horror Picture Show. There. But on the big dog screen, they got fucking Night of the Demons. The 1980-something or other movie. They got motherfucking creep show. And The Blob. Uh, 1986 or 7's Kurt Russell, The Blob. That is such a good blob. I think it's going to run you 10 bucks. 
to to sit in your fucking car, get some get some fucking uh, uh, lawn furniture out, grab a cooler, strap your buddy to a chair, sit the fuck down, have a good time. And if you can find us in the wild, maybe I'll give you a dollar. I'll punch you in the dick, or like I'll have an airplane bottle. That's for crazy. You. I don't know. So like, I can see the blob, right? But Night of the Demons, that is, that is. There's a lot going on in that movie. That is thematically, a fucking... I don't know if there's a theme. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I want to watch all these movies. It is so fun. So Nachos and I are definitely going to be there. So come find us. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Here Comes Spooky, Twitter oh. at Here Comes Spooky, Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky. You can also email us at Here Comes the Spooky at gmail.com. If you've got any suggestions, anything you want us to cover, yeah. anything you want us to just talk about. Hit us up in one of those things and say, hey, I like your shit. Hey, I don't like your stuff. Tell us what you don't like. I can We can fire each other. It's not a big deal. Or we can fucking cover something that you want us to fucking cover. Talk about what you want us to talk about. Let us know. You maybe buy us a beer or some shit for you for you come at us like with a... With a... Here, Ghoulies 4. Yeah, you know. <laughs> this ain't Horrible Horror, man. We, we can't be doing that shit. Right? Also, check out Horrible Horror. Oh, God, yes. Yes, what, you thought you were going to get through an episode without us plugging Horrible Horror? Right? Because you are sadly mistaken! <laughs> All right. All right. So check us out next episode. And stay spooky. Next episode, come find us as we talk about silver bullets, wheelchairs, and how God hates suicides. Because they're pregnant.